Good evening, Kindred, and welcome to Vegas by Night. Mayday Role Plays Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle. It is uh, amazing to be in front of you here on the penultimate uh, episode for this season, for this arc. We've had so much joy, so much happiness. Uh, it's been a once in a lifetime experience for myself to be able to tell this story. We're so glad for all the people who have stuck with us through all of these episodes. And we look forward to giving you guys a, a great finale on our next rendition. Um, if at any point uh, uh, you you have missed out on any chapter of Vegas by Night, don't fear. You can still check it out on Spotify, Twitch VOD, and our YouTube channel as of right now. If you're wondering how you can get more May Day in your life, you can catch our stream here every other Saturday for our main show. You can follow us on all major platforms as well as Spotify, SoundCloud, for podcast-friendly recordings of all our major shows and streams. And finally, you can donate to us on Patreon and join our Patreon Discord. The Discord is really where we've had the chance to build a great little family around the content we've put out. We've had patrons who have joined each other's games, played in some host by, themse uh, by themselves. Uh, we've struck up the Doom to Repeat Deadpool now that Season 3 has begun recording, and we like to leave little cryptic messages of who's dying each week. We've started a thread concerning a patron's campaign set within Cthulhu's terrifying Yellow Mark universe and spent some time helping to torture their players. And we just dropped the early viewing of our Valentine special of uh, Visigoths versus Molgoths. We were able to step back into those characters and I got to put back on my ears in furry tail for uh, that rendition. So if you get a chance, check it out. In addition to all that craziness, you get an opportunity to listen to exclusive Patreon content and behind-the-scenes information. We'd like to give a shout-out as well to our handler-level Patreon contributors. It's because of their involvement in our content that we can begin thinking of all the huge things we want to do with this project. Uh, to give you a tangible way you've helped us, recently I had to redo uh, an audio issue uh, concerning my mic, and we were immediately able to dip into our funds to, uh, to bring a solution to all that. And that's because you guys had our backs, and uh, we, we were able to fix that because of you. So thank you so much. Direct thank yous go out to Ankh, to Ojipan, to Bimblewart, to Cameron S, Eric A, Jonathan M, Ren, WTF, and Alex Johnson for your support. Thank you. Caleb, I, I'd like to quickly interject and also thank yeah. Trash Bandico and MM Medsva who are in the chat. They, you know, it was a, we, we're doing this at a different time and they're so kind to uh, join us and, uh, Medusa. Okay, excuse me, Medusa. Now I see the spelling of it. By the way, you guys are awesome. Thanks for being with us here. Yeah, I am for one of them. <laughs> really? Five in the morning. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for being here. Uh, I, we'll try and live up to that. We will not, but we'll try. We're going to wake you up. Yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, we'd love it if you check out our Delta Green campaign, Doom to Repeat, in anticipation for season three. It's award winning. It's fantastic. And we took home LA Webfest because of that season. Uh, so we'd love for you to be able to check us out. Uh, our fantasy campaign centered in the island world of Ashoka, where Eli crafts a world so brimming with love it leaks into every recording. And our old World of Darkness campaign using the Orpheus system with the one and only events from uh, Black Project Gaming fame. All of which are available on all major podcasting platforms, YouTube and our Twitch. 
Finally, we just want to give love out to our last member, Vince, who's on a little May Day vacation, who he is coming back so very soon, and we're so excited to see him. Uh, and we may even get a chance to see him in person, we're hoping. So God bless. Maybe we'll get some photos when he comes back into town and sees uh, Hollywood. Uh, but it's so great to have him with us, even if he's far from us right now. We love you, buddy. We can't wait to see you come back. Uh, before we get started today, I just want to remind everyone that Vampire the Masquerade can be a dark setting, and as such, there are content warnings for any watching. Please be advised that there may be violent themes, plenty of adult language, and the exploration of, we'll call them darker subjects. Uh, please take care of yourself and be aware. Things to watch out uh, for this episode in specific are corpses, a fear of drowning, trypophobia, the fear of bugs, arachnophobia, and depictions of homicide. Uh, other than that, uh, please take care of yourself and enjoy the show. We're going to get started. Humanity was cursed. And because of that curse, some saw fit to draw firmer declarations of sect and side. Theo Bell was the most recent to set an explosive line between himself and the Camarilla. Originally a loyal archon of the Ventru elder Hardstat the Younger, Theo made for an, uh, a name for himself in his righteous execution of purpose. He was undoubtedly one of the sect's most accomplished guard dogs and was celebrated largely for his willingness to answer even the hardest of orders. He was long believed to be the de facto example of a new Camarilla, of the next line of elders, and was so beloved by his keepers that he was invited by their side in nearly every instance. Until the Convention of Prague, one of the largest international meetings of the Camarilla in our kind since the sect's initiation. And in the wake of the exposure of kindred kind to the mortal world and the creation of the Second Inquisition, the greatest of the Camarilla's minds meet in a single forum to discuss who's to blame and how to rectify the world. In the midst of this arguing, the council led by Hardstat moved to blame the Anarchs and their kind for their meddling within the world's government. It's then that the leash about Theo's neck snaps. He and every last Bruja in the room make a stand against the sect. A volatile, vitriolic admonishment of the ivory tower and every brick that made it. Theo, in one swift motion, admits Hardstat's last sentence, slings a shotgun barrel to the Ventru's chin and fires two rounds of Dragon's Breath ammunition through Hardstat's decaying brain, ending his final death. The Bruja revolted immediately, detached themselves from the parasite, and declared themselves Anarch with the sling of a Molotov. Prague burned at the beck and call of Theo Bell, and the tower learned something of these new horizons. They would be navigated without the help of the revolutionaries. We will decide for ourselves what side of the line we stand on. We will try desperately to ignore that we made the line ourselves. We will lie and insist that this fight lives on longer than we do. And should the fighting end, we will pick up the ruins, rearrange them in the new image of the survivors, and live in peace for as long as it takes to draw a new line. We will toil with ourselves 
blaming each and every monster for our own wrongdoings. We will find any reason why it never had anything to do with us. And all the while, this world will continue to burn around us. This curse will move further to the heart of where our souls used to live. You will fight, claw, and bite each other until there's nothing left. All the while, never realizing that I'm coming for you. Nevertheless, I am. We will kill our darlings. Welcome to Vegas by night. The more you know. So I was just given incorrect advice that may lead to mustard gas. Please be wary of what your friends tell you. Um, I think Zach's right. I think I think they got it. That's right. <laughs> Don't listen to Zach on any cleaning right. advice. It's free. That's right. So. Uh, in lieu of a recap, since uh, the last two episodes of ours have been very weird, pre-recorded uh, 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 piecemeal uh, uh, episodes that we had to put together because of some scheduling, um, very quickly, last episode, we left our our engine, our new generation, uh, inside of the Hikata Mansion, where we had... Uh, uh, Allison, some levels above the rest of the group in the lobby of this massive tombstone-shaped building. Allison went on to explore the levels of the mansion in search of what they believed was the key, unaware that the key had unfortunately previously been put somewhere else. But their journey continued regardless. They ran into a situation on the stairs where they realized they could hear through the walls a conversation being had. Upon further investigation, they found a collegiate individual discussing a book with the Countess, the woman they had seen uh, previously in that mask with the skulled visage underneath. Upon this investigation, the collegiate man left and had a private conversation in the hallway with none other than Champagne Pudinesca, um, the ghost of the Hikata, the uh, son of a whore. Um, this conversation quickly became semi-violent and Allison vacated up to the next floor. Um, downstairs in the main floor, Upper Rose and Enoch elected to have a conversation with Junior, Shlomo Rothstein Jr., the head of the Hikata family, at least it seems for the time being. Um, in lieu of the knowledge of the location of Shlomo Rothstein Sr., this conversation was led towards the reason for coming to the Hikata Mansion, the offering of shared help between the Camarilla and the Hikata. They learned that the ritual had already been performed some uh, days previously, but that there was still work to be done. Junior gave the engine a uh, an opportunity to be put in his good graces. There was a rogue member of the Hikata family, a Lamia bloodline, um, also known as the Gorgons, uh, of which he said had been causing trouble within Vegas instead of accepting the invitation to this their reunion. Um, in exchange for information uh, regarding the ritual, as well as the location of Slomo Rothstein Sr. and the location of Dino, the uh, Ravnos Primogen, Engine agreed to take on this mission and hunt down the Lamia. Uh, whether that will be happening, uh, who's to say? 
engine has always been so good with their promises in the past, right? Who knows? Um, I just realized you're saying N Gen yeah. engine. I hate saying the words new generation and realizing that that's all of your names. <laughs> so I'm trying to rebrand you guys. Uh, I'm putting out the new yeah. Mountain Dew logo and it's just shortened word mountain. I see. Um, <laughs> you, so you gave us the brand of the company that created all the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I think that was InGen. Yes, I'm telling is. you right now, okay. if that is I'm okay with that. to what you people are, I don't know what is. I'm okay with <laughs> it. Like convinced like it. you're doing the right thing while you damn the world. That's sort of your whole thing. Oh, I'm not convinced. I'm we should start making thing. dinosaurs now. Cool. <laughs> yeah, we don't have our where vampire dinosaurs. That's your department. Oh. Dinosaurs. So the new generation realizing they had to give Allison <laughs> more time to find uh, this key decided to put on a distraction. Enoch and Burroughs with Champagne Putanesca and Junior in the same room elected to distract both of them before they could find out who the trespasser in their mansion was. The logical distraction there is of course beating the shit out of each other, which they proceeded to do for quite some time. Uh, Champagne joined in and all of a sudden it got weird and they neglected to allow him to fight further. Um, That's when it got weird? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there's also a bit uh, regarding uh, Sybil and the uh, member of the Hikata family, Alphonse, uh, where oh, yes, they... Sybil got laid. Yes, yeah, Sybil did, in fact, get laid. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the motorcycle gang arrived as well here in the lobby. Mal and Niall arrived. They learned that there was some swarm of things outside of the mansion and that uh, there were some bad customers here. Uh, they continued up through the top floors of the mansion where they ran into the Countess and a gaggle of corpses that tried to kill uh, both Mal and Allison. Allison Superman leaped from a window while Mal went further above. Mal eventually reached the top floor where they found a electronic a door that led into the master bedroom at the top of the tombstone. And upon investigation found a book of which they could not read because they're illiterate and um, just overall dumb. Excuse um, me. <laughs> and a lantern from which the Lusombra was too afraid to touch. You... Um, can what you don't get to do recaps anymore <laughs> uh everyone reconvening at the lowest floor as they begun to realize the key was no longer uh within grasp uh they became uh, immediately aware of a situation they put together the dots that perhaps the meeting between junior and kerr was actually a handoff uh, they led themselves through the lobby and outside of the tombstone into the massive estate, hoping to pursue the Nosferatu Kerr in the hopes that he was keeping the key on his person. On the way, though, Champagne stuck himself with Burroughs and Enoch, and Burroughs realized that they needed a quick distraction from the situation. The only logical conclusion, to stab a samurai sword as far into Champagne's head as possible, and then bar the door with a chair. Um, we all moved out into the main estate uh, uh, grasslands, the lawn that sits out front of the Hikata estate, where we decided to partake in what could only be described as a um, an unstealthed brawl with Kerr in front of many of the party guests as uh, spoons fell clear from the sky and nearly died. Uh, Sybil was attacked by a swarm of wasps. 
Um, Enoch tried to approach via stealth. Mal attempted to pull the soul of the shadow of this man through the oblivion onto the other side. And all attempts seemed to have failed by the new generation, uh, resulting in uh, Kerr moving uh, quicker than anyone has ever seen to grab Enoch's arm, holding the torpored knife uh, in his hand, and thus removing the arm entirely from Enoch's body. Uh, Kerr fled then, becoming completely invisible, to which no one could uh, manage to catch him on the way out. And the rest of you made an exit in Baby Blue, hoping just to find some refuge. I don't think I left anything else. And I think I went far longer than we usually do. But uh, there we go. That's everything we've got. You're here. You know what's happening now. Um, just to start off, before we return to Baby Blue and all of you, I believe our intention is to drive out to Bubblegum Mansion, which again, if you're ranking names I hate, it goes New Generation, Bubblegum Mansion. Oh, one and two why? Bubblegum <laughs> is a great name. It's it's like keeping it, all right? We're keeping it. It's springy. It, it, it tackles a lot of subject matter. It's I'm just saying that you, you make your... You make your closest friends uh, like a beautiful house of flesh, and they decide to turn it into bubblegum, and it's just out hey, the window. It's not the first time it's happened. <laughs> it won't be the last. So true. Before we drive out there, let's discuss, do we have any declarations of hunger or experience spends that we'd like to disclose? Uh, I, I did spend on skills. I would rather wait for the surprise on that one, but okay. I am at hunger four. Oh, my oh, God. Fuck. Yeah, now I'm hunger three. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, it turns out I too am at hunger four. Oh, lovely. Oh, oh. beautiful. This is also, be can I just point out for frenzy purposes that I have this uh -huh. big gaping wound? Yeah. Okay. You have no mark. <laughs> yes, but he does have blood. And if, uh, if Niles is feeling a certain way. <laughs> um, I am at hunger three and will power one. Uh, after we talked about it, and right yeah. that's right. Beautiful. Um, Allison, how are we doing? Oh, um, God, I hope I did this right. Uh, I have a two hunger, and okay. I, just, yeah, not bad. Two hunger, and I have, uh, I think, four willpower. Okay, that sounds just about right to me. Burroughs, how are we doing? Oh, just in time. Did. You are You're muted. Here, <laughs> uh, is it on its way? Wait, your <laughs> hot mic. It's on its Okay, thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I know, guys. I'm sorry. I figured I'd just oh. add. If I can't control the chaos, I might as well add to it. Yes. So I was on on the phone like with my. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Burroughs is ordering Thai food, so that's what's going on right yes. now. Yes, that's good. So Burroughs is, um, I can't believe it, but I'm only at two hunger at the moment. Um, I'm Not at four long. health. I'm pretty beat up and I've got three willpower unless, uh, uh, yeah. So that's actually, I'm reading that wrong. That's six willpower. Yeah, yeah. Um, Caleb, I'm, you are I'm, so tired of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm not tired at all. I'm so excited. I'm just so glad at where everyone is. I think everyone should keep it where it's at. Oh. <laughs> see if we can. Wait, wait a minute. Stop that. Um, beautiful. 
uh, that leaves all of us uh, in a pretty good place. You are driving underneath a Las Vegas night uh, in the end of uh, July. Um, as we have been spending this beautiful summer uh, in the land where people go to go missing. And God, if you all haven't accomplished that many, many times, this is yet another time that you all have found a way to flee fast as you can away from your issues, letting them pile and pile and pile. And this names another group of people more powerful than you have ever known older than you have ever seen, who have experienced more lifetimes than you ever will, upset with all of you, angry with each and every one of you. Mm. It's getting to be that all of you are running out of options, out of places to hang your head that might not be a guillotine. I'm wondering, here, are we after uh, after Niles's mansion? Is that the, the destination? That's where I am heading, um, yes. because it is yeah. the closest thing to us. Now, let me ask you this. Would the motorcycle gang, uh, Mal and Niles, would you two have taken the motorcycles? Yes, Niles would have yeah. absolutely have taken the motorcycle. So let's make a quick little declaration here. I'd like the two of you, um, would you have taken them quickly or stealthily? Uh, I will tell you this to attempt stealth at this moment knowing that the Hikata would have been pursuing the, uh, the the people causing quite the mess that's going on here will be considerably harder than getting them quickly I don't think we were like I don't think we had a chance for stealth at all I think we just had to fucking go yeah I, I think, think it, I think it was just a, a dash and grab and, and bolt yeah okay Give me both of you athletics plus dexterity to see if you were able to get mm-hmm. to the motorcycles before the rest could flee in baby blue, before anyone could notice you, before champagne made its way down into the lawn. Nice. Um, nothing else I can use. Mm-mm. I was also looking to see if here's, I could Here's do the thing, though, Caleb. I have a speciality in stealth against kindred. Can I apply this in this situation for myself in terms of getting back to the bike? If you would like to leave Mal in the open and yourself in stealth, then absolutely you can. Yeah, I'm sorry, Mal. Uh, That's Mal. No, it's cool. uh, You are not a concern with mine. I'm not surprised. What good things to say to your friend. I got my boy in my pocket and that's all I got. Um, Wow. That's three successes. Three successes. That's great. Let's hope that's done. <laughs> well, hey, a, a, a six points, a six point pool versus a three point pool. I'm sorry. Always better. <laughs> hey, now, would you like to expend any willpower? Oh, I. Um, well, the thing is, um, all but one of my dice are hunger dice. <laughs> oh, well, you could re-roll for one success if you'd like. Sure, 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 s
all the knowledge I've given you, bless you. Beautiful. <laughs> With your one success, Mal, that is a failure. I'd like to ask you this. Would you rather be seen or fail to get the bike? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should have. Um, I mean, I feel like seen because not getting the bike is a definite no. Okay. No, I feel like this is a trap. I feel like you're trying. This is a trap. There was no trap. They were both <laughs> bad options. It's just how bad you want it. I'll be seen. So be you seen. are seen easily, uh, most likely by Armand, uh, the gatekeeper, oh, no. um, as the two of you uh, drive off the howl of those motorcycles breaking free. And just as the electronic gates are, are uh, attempted to be shut behind you, you skirt by Mal behind uh, Niles and uh, the metal off of the back hubcap of your bike skirts the edge of that gate and there's this big spray of, uh, of shock, uh, uh, of sparks that cascade over you, Mal, as you desperately hope it doesn't catch on your clothes. But let's consider that the motorcycles are with us as well as Baby Blue. The convoy is moving itself back into Las Vegas. Um, Burroughs, Niles, and Mal have made it clear they're making their way back to Bubblegum Mansion. Is that your intention as well? Yes. Let us consider that Thai Man would like to go back to Bubblegum Mansion. Um, Let's uh, take it as it is. Within 20, 25 minutes along the highway, you make your way back to Bubblegum Mansion. You wind your way up the sort of off-road path that lines up those switchbacks up into the the sort of pillar of rock that masquerades this mansion, and you park in the quad of the estate. Um, It does become difficult for all of you to keep your vehicles anywhere active because the ground becomes so adhesive that the tires itself stick to those ligaments Mm. becomes like driving through heavy mud Um, and while neither baby blue or the motorcycles were made necessarily for off-roading it becomes almost a complete halt the second that you run into those ligaments then i don't know if i drive up them very far i'd probably stop where they start growing understood so baby blue's out in the open here uh, on the actual dirt the, the red clay of las vegas rather than the actual ligament very important point of order, though. Mm-hmm. Does the ligament squish? Oh, it is absolutely uh, squish, uh, squishing, squelching. Every time that your step hits the actual ligament itself, um, it gives that sickening, um, al- almost like wet taffy or, or gum that has sat too long in your in your mouth. It, it de- decompresses and then squelches out the side of your boots. Dope. Ew. <laughs> um, I, uh, when we're about to walk on that shit, going back up to the mansion, um, I will, um, offer both my coat and my body for Allison to trot upon so that she doesn't have to step on the yuck. Um, <laughs> Allison's gonna look down at the floor, but see how messed up you look, I'm gonna be like, no, 
just kind of like pick him up and like mm-hmm. and just like but like no let's go as you pick him up it's almost as if the floor itself is fighting for control you do have to sort of remove him as if from adhesive the floor itself moving across you enoch feels similar to like mycelium colonies like uh it's trying to propagate itself along your skin and and pull you in to the house itself can i look at like a popsicle (laughs) good Good. It's like we're back in Colorado already. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. How's your jaw? What does it look like? Didn't you get? Uh, you got champagne in the face. Yeah, His tongue okay. was already sticking out from a broken jaw. <laughs> I was gonna say like... <laughs> <laughs> So Allison's like, that's not cute. Lifts him up and just like, ooh, no. Half drooling, half broken across the mandible, you lick what little muscle in your tongue you can still control and get some of the uh, the goop in your mouth there. Um, outside of it tasting uniquely like flesh, like the inside of your mouth almost, uh, it pulls against you and it sort of extends out the tongue enough that it's starting to pull against you. Uh, enough to give some measure of caution as you're uniquely aware if you keep on with this, it may steal your tongue from you. Stop it. It'll grow back. <laughs> as Enoch experiments mm. with all of this, very important. I assume we're all getting out walking into the mansion. Yeah, yeah Niles. Go ahead, Niles. Go ahead. Oh, Niles ignores everything that Enoch is doing and is just walking straight into the mansion or towards the doors into the mansion. Yeah. Burroughs is also a little preoccupied and like gets out in a hurry too. Uh, uh, Caleb, I was gonna say Allison's like, ah, like I don't know what the, she's not thinking well with that, and so she's kind of yeah. like pulling him along. Does his tongue retract? I just needed. I'm pulling him in the house. His tongue retracts enough that you Thank can pull God. him free, and it probably skins like the top layer of your taste buds. Uh, if you were human, you probably would have you know COVID mouth for the next few weeks until they grew back. But thankfully, your kindred don't need to taste. It's more about the mouth feel than the taste. God. There's an exceptional mouthfeel here. <laughs> yeah, I think. All right, it, so in the house. Yeah, ahead, no, yeah. that's what I was gonna say. I think yeah, we're all I, as deep as we could get in the house without being in the house's mouth. Well, how about we uh, share what we learned while we were in in the uh, Hakata Mansion? Yeah. Me and Aaron, uh, me and uh, Enoch had an interesting <laughs> conversation with uh, with Slowmo Junior. He sent us on a some kind of mission. He's looking for what do you call it, Enoch? Uh, wh- what kind of creature was it? <laughs> oh, that's right. It was a gorgon. <laughs> yeah, gorgon. Something about a gorgon. They, they're looking for somebody. I think it's the person that's been uh, that's been turning people to. Uh, into gelatin. Remember that whole saga with Rygale? There's some kind of connection with them. Oh. But I gotta be honest. I I don't know if it was involved with Kerr or the Nosferatu, but yeah, yeah, them. Well, I found a scary book in a secret room at the top. Let me see. Let's see it. Yeah. Wait, I'll pull it out. And it, it was it was like the old vellum looked 
maybe like human skin. That looks like human skin. Yeah, Allison, you would know from your extensive work with the material that that's absolutely human skin. I know that's human skin. That definitely looks like human skin. I play with it. Yeah. See, okay. Okay. Okay, well, can anyone read it? Because otherwise... It's it's not in English? Oh. No. Caleb? Yes? I actually have a little bit of a cult... Uh, can I actually, do I happen to recognize any of this? Sure, yes. Uh, anyone who would like to make a roll to sort of decipher what this language on the front uh, might translate into a language that you all understood, you may. Yeah. It will be an occult plus, let's call that occult plus intelligence to sort of translate to the nearest language. Might I use my academics? Yes, you may use academics in place of the cult. Burrows don't fuck around with the occult. Yeah. I don't know shit. <laughs> Burrows, you can't eat this book. You've got no <laughs> I got 110. 110, okay. So one I success. I got a bestial failure. Oh, well, oh my now God. you're angry you can't read. <laughs> you should got... eat the book. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well you, you know what, Mal? I'll give you a little bit more for your bestial failure. Great. <laughs> Mal, you feel an acute connection with this book, and that is why it becomes so much more infuriating when you cannot draw anything from its subject material, its language, its understanding. You feel tethers from this thing that spark your soul in a way that you haven't felt since you were alive. But fuck if you can't read it. Uh, Enoch. I got a messy critical. Okay. <laughs> just, spectrum. just a messy critical? It, well, total, that would be three successes, I guess. Three successes, okay. Unless, do you count the critical ones as double? How does that work exactly? So if you have two criticals, it's... Uh, it's it, two criticals is worth four, basically. I see. So, so well, okay. Um... So if you have criticals, it'd be seven. If you don't, it's it's three. Yeah, sorry, I just wanted to make sure I was getting it right because I'm always afraid of messing this up. But yes, I think that's that that is the case. Okay, yeah. So um, you you would translate this uh, back into Latin, I think. So I'm going to send this over to you, Aaron, and you can do whatever you'd like with it. <laughs> Yeah, great. Exactly. Give it to the guy with the broken jaw. <laughs> Dead men tell no tales. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yo. All right, so we found a book. We know that the Hakata wants something to do with this Gorgon. Um, yeah. I, know, I, I learned... The room looked empty. What's that? The room upstairs looked empty otherwise. There was all this like weird lamp with a... Uh, Wait. A Kai and a row on it? It Mal, was like, what? You were, I didn't see you upstairs. Where yeah, I didn't you? see you upstairs either. Well, what the hell? I don't know, where the fuck did you go? Out the window. Oh, were you getting around Mommy Deer Skull? I don't know, all I can tell you this is, there was, they, I don't, bleh, came out of the stairs. There, there oh, was just, zombies, yeah, for yes. sure. I, I don't know. There. I know something was behind me, but I'm sorry. I see that. I 
Yeah, by the way, there's a lady with a deer skull. Uh, she can make zombies, so... I do know the lady that with sucks. that skull, though. Yeah, she Did seems real pretty. Maybe Boros oh. can do a uh, duet with her. Holy hot. I, it gives me total, yeah, vibes like right? that. Right? It's kind of, like, scary hot. I heard her. I heard her through the house singing. It was beautiful. Did, did we learn anything else about Deer Skull Woman other than she's hot and can sing? I'm... Uh, and make zombies. Andrew makes zombies. And make zombies. And make oh. zombies. I, uh, I, I learned where Dino was. Uh, he's out in the desert somewhere. It almost sounded like he was owing them a favor or something like that. Like he was there willingly. But I don't know. Still don't feel good about it. Also, did anyone see a professor looking Mother Hubbard with champagne running around? I think the only person who would have had an opportunity, Sybil, you can roll a wits plus awareness to see if you would have been watching by the time that he came down with champagne. Okay. Everyone else would have either been with Junior at the time or not on scene. Four successes. Four successes. You saw this individual. He was um, heavy set with this big beard, this catered haircut. He looked very collegiate with these thin framed glasses. He looked upset, very upset. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I, I saw him. I was a little distracted, but I saw him. He, because I overheard a conversation between deer, champagne, whatever. He's looking for something that they owe him. So that could become very key info because homeboy was yelling at champagne like he had a pair and he walked away. So that tells me that he really does have some pull. I mean, the only thing we established that was that important was that damn key. And it was Kerr that walked away with it. Maybe he wanted it from Kerr. I just just wanted to throw that up because uh, he stuck in my mind. I just wanted uh, if Sybil, I didn't know if he knew him or anything like that. No. No, okay. did, did we know definitively whether or not this man, this man was human, right? I don't think so. No, Probably I think he not. was. Who are we speaking on? The professor. He was human, right? There's no guarantee. No one checked. Mm -hmm. Could be. A, a human acting that brazenly around a bunch of kindred? That's impressive. Right. I mean, or anyone acting brazenly around Champagne. Which, by the way, what happened to him? <sighs> I don't know if I really want to talk about it. Well, I suppose I should gloat about it while I'm alive. I, I got my samurai sword stuck between his eyes. His ass? His eyes. Oh. Oh. Eyes. I, it might as well have been through his eyes. I, sh I should have fucking staked him through the heart, but I didn't think about that. I just, I just wanted to blind him long enough for us to get the hell away. And now I've got fucking champagne Putanesca coming after me with my own damn sword. Okay, but can I just say that's so cute. That Bill dude's name is so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. Champagne, are we champagne Putinesca. Uh, no, I mean, he can be as stupid as you want, but if he catches yeah. any of us, we're in fucking trouble. I'll oh, tell you that. No, I'm fully aware. This is me coping poorly. Oh, I'm with Mal. <laughs> okay, are, are we are we 100 percent certain that? And this is this is a stupid question to ask now because I'm covered in bee stings, but are we certain that Kerr is the one with the key? Wait. I mean, we, we damn near searched the entire part of that house, and yeah. I remember them. The, he was a special guest. Uh, you know, he, he was there 
for a reason and i think it's because he's got it and to be honest with you if he's got it i actually feel i feel like we have done somewhat of our job because if they think poorly of the camarilla for the scene we made and he's got it he might not be inclined to give it to the camarilla anytime soon and if Actually, he knows Feratu, they're not kind enough to Feratu in the cam. So. That could work. Just, we did fully try to kill him, but... Ah, who doesn't these days? I think we were aiming more for just the damn key, but we didn't get it. Yeah, it's true. We just have to... I, I just want... I want... I want hard proof of the key in case we have to immediately testify about something that we've been doing or show proof that what we're doing is moving forward. Because if we only think that he has the key and it turns up somewhere else, we're, I mean... Well, let's... Okay, so we know the key, all this is important, but I think we have to just, can we dress the other elephant in the room of the lake fuck right when's the last time we heard or checked on before the party you guys were just there right we never uh, make it we never made it to the lake we were here Lotta Lotta wanted Niles to come and like rule by her side or some shit I mean, at this point, with all the people we're pissing off, it's not sounding like the worst option in the it world. It is actually a pretty good hideout for you, Niles, if you wanted to go somewhere for a little while. <clears throat> you can get out again. But the Anarchs went to the lake. We told the Anarchs about it. So maybe now we do need oh. to go to the lake and just kind of squash oh. this thing. Oh. I mean, the camera there, too, so if nothing else, it'll be like a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Which I oh. haven't recovered from our last blood bath. Yeah. We... Okay, and we don't have any way of contacting Lotta outside. I mean, she kind of reached out to you, Niles, but can I'm, we... Can't, I could reach out to Lotta again. What is there to say? They're probably going to say the same thing. Come and visit me. But then we know she's all right. True, you could just check and make sure they're still alive, yeah. So, I think we also need to figure out what there's there's too many things like like what do we should we just do we hide there cuz it's like what I'm I'm a loss. I think we, we I mean, call- I don't think she's going to take Oh no, no, no. We're we're on site. I know that. I don't think she's going to take kindly to the fact that people are after her now, and the last people that saw her were us directly. Mm, I know. So I don't think she's going to want company from our asses. Uh. Look, I'm serious when I say that uh, I'm going to have to go away for a little while if uh, I want to try to get ahead of Champagne Putanesca. You got to go, yeah. My intention is to go talk with the uh, Anarchs. Let them know my feelings, and I don't know. Maybe, maybe I go hang out somewhere, disappear for a little while, just so I know things are safe. You know. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> the, I don't think under the lake is safe because we called, like you said, we called the Anarchs there. 
we can't technically we could go to Canaan, but the cam knows we're there. Yeah, I think this is the safest place for us to be right now. Until we can figure out how to leave it a little bit cleaner. Ironically, yeah, I feel safest just here. (laughs) No, we're dead as soon as we walk out. What we're just gonna hide now? I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I just feel like hiding is a momentary balm or something. Maybe hiding's not the right word, but I, I think it's all. I think we're all pretty clear here. We're skirting around the subject of the fact that uh, I can't show my face around the Camarilla. Uh, not after fucking stabbing Champagne Putinesque in the eye. I, I think I'm going to go turn Anarch. I think I'm going to see what it's like on the other side for a little while. Like, officially? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what... what... I don't know if I can keep up the facade that everything's A-OK with these freaks, man. These people freak me the hell out. At least the Anarchs are willing to listen to you. At least the Anarchs feel like me, or more more like me at least. I don't know. Maybe maybe I could be your go-between or something if, if, if you guys are deciding to stay with the Camarilla. I, I don't want a war. I just don't want to have to deal with the Cam anymore, with the Tower. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I have no love for the cam. I never have, so might as well. But, Sybil, if you're telling me right now that the smart move is to play both sides, I mean, hell, I guess I can try to entertain it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it is, but I I, I think it depends. It's two different things about what, what we tell people we do and who we support versus who we actually do. I think we should keep playing both sides all the way down but I think some official changes of, uh, I don't know, affiliation would be helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I'm willing to I, drive I'm anybody into town. Look, um, as of right now, I can't speak for everybody as I definitely hold the Enoch down. Uh, all I can say is as of right now, I am not powerful enough to protect him and myself by myself. So personally, like I said, I'd rather deal with the devils I know than the devils I don't. And now, point of order, when you say devils, you know, is that us or is that yes, the Yes, I, I meant you, you, okay. you're, you're all the devils. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. And I'm trying to clean off any kind of blood off of Enoch because... It's still going, I'm assuming, and yeah. I don't have napkins, so it's kind of like. While we're on the subject, can, God, mm-hmm. what happens if I lick my own vitae from my arm to keep it from spilling everywhere? Great question. Uh, it does stay in your body, I guess. <laughs> um, okay. I think, yeah, you could probably start a little like it's sort of like plugging an outlet into itself. It's like or, a closed or, loop, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a closed loop, but whatever makes you feel better, buddy. Um, I, by, by now, I'm just staring at that, like, trying not to be upset oh, no. at that. Your I can't tongue speak. I can't. has grown back by now. You can speak. Oh, thank God. It's because I was licking my own blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's in, infinite energy. You, you, 
<laughs> okay. Good. I think maybe we should all try to find something to eat. Great, Enoch's covered. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, do we want to? <laughs> so gross and weird. We're all just watching it. <laughs> I can turn around. <laughs> I, I, I think we all would just watch it. Yeah, can I just staring for like five minutes. Niall, like... Niles is fucking staring at it. It's just. <laughs> It's like, it's like a dog licking itself. <laughs> kind of. Anyways, um. Wait, okay. Enoch aside. Yes. What do we need? <laughs> Where? Uh, I think we have to go back in the city for that. <laughs> I know an excellent truck stop. Okay. <laughs> is there. Is there any. Any way? Nope, that's stupid. I'm not gonna DoorDash. <laughs> I'm not gonna DoorDash food because they, they know where we are. We can beat the driver. <laughs> we either just take the night um, to hopefully get our bearings, and then we take the next steps. But it's either we go back or we go to, or we Sybil, just stay here. Without a roll, you would know this. You have a direct line to some easy, quick food. You just have to make a call. The circulatory system delivers. Mm. Again, mm. well, if this is Aaron speaking, but then they would know where we are. That's what I'm thinking, but also we are fucked looking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's just looking. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the state of being. And if we, whatever we do, we need to be in best shape and I feel like going to the city is going to be worse than one person knowing where we are and we can make one person forget if we eat first that's true it's dumb but it's less dumb I think I can do something with that yeah I mean are we all just sharing one person oh fuck I don't eat people but most of us could and that's better than nothing Sybil you have an immense pull if you wanted more than one person, you could bring in more than one person. You could have your pick of the litter. Okay. It feels, yeah, it feels like a deal with the devil is being made. What were the devils? <laughs> been tempted by God today, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Saturday. You know what? I mean, there is Let's there is one place that we could hide out that might have some food. It's a connection of mine to a guy named Double H. Uh, it's quiet, secluded, <laughs> and there's always a bite to eat there. He's eccentric as hell, but uh, for now he's an ally. He gave me the sword. If that means anything. Wait, Double H? Yeah, that's what I call him. I, I think it's best to learn who he is once you're amongst him. Wait, but, hold on. Is he H.H. H. Holmes? I was thinking the same thing, Mal. Yes! Is it? H.H. H. Holmes? Is that is that Is it right a fucking or? murderer in Chicago <laughs> with the, like, murder mansion? Yeah. Pretty sure it's not that, that double H, no. Ah, damn. Alright. You can yeah, ask him about it, though, if he was around that time. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in the, you're, in the, you're in the right ballpark. 
Oh my god. Mal is going to spend far too long thinking about all the noble names that they have. Hefner gave you a katana? Is that what we're saying? Is that what is? Someone else with two H's in their names. Okay. Okay. I I don't mind calling Harry Houdini. Mal. Come on. It's Harry Houdini, isn't it? I think they both. No, I, th- I don't know. I don't think they lived at the same time. Maybe they did. Howard Hughes? Should we guess it? They're going HH. Going every HH I think of. Is that it? Are we going or not? Okay. That's it, Allison. You got it. It is it, isn't it? It's, ha- it's Howard Hughes. I don't mind calling, but if you feel like Hugh Hefner or Howard Hughes is safer. Then I've, I'm for that. I don't know if he's safer. He's going to certainly be interested <gasps> to know everything that we know. Then it is. He, he would certainly no like our loyalty. He would certainly like us to. He would certainly like to have. Basically, we owe him a favor. Can we afford favors? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, to be honest else. with you, he's going to want a favor, but he's also harmless in a way. Again, you have to see him to, to understand. I feel like a favor isn't worth dinner. Mm. Do we have a choice? Fucked. Why not? Tapped. Get what we want. We could also just like go anywhere. There's humans all over the place, right for the taking. But you don't have an arm. So (laughs) that'll just buy me sympathy with my victim. Okay, Ted Bundy. <laughs> I know. We have to make a decision. The longer we wait, the worse it gets. All those in favor of seeing Hugh Hefner, Harry Houdini, Howard Hughes, H.H. H. Holmes, raise your hand. Okay. Only Howard if he- I can ask him for tips. Caleb, did you just drop dice twice? <laughs> I just rolled dice twice. Oh, fuck. <laughs> It's a very okay. dramatic clack. Yeah. Okay. He dropped him. How far away is H H H H H? Just H. on the outskirts of the city. It won't take long. We're already oh, outside the city anyway. You're honestly very close to where H uh, H is now. Ooh, right. I know. Harry Potter. That's well, a P. It's not Harry Potter. <laughs> Potter. <laughs> Right, it, so would be, it? it would be Helga Hufflepuff. Yes. The yes, we're going. Could, Caleb, before we leave, can yeah. I... I do want to check in on Lada. Okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, so you're going back up to Casimir's room and you're pulling up, you're plucking on that web? Yeah. Okay. Um, I can't remember what we rolled last time. What was it? Uh, fleshcraft, uh, fleshcraft, I think manipulation. Yeah, let's go with that. That sounds right. Fleshcraft. Or this is the vicissitude. Um, not fleshcraft. If it wasn't what we did last time, it is now. For the record. That is um, three successes, but one bestial failure. Understood. 
Uh, just go ahead and walk me through what this looks like as you uh, separate from the rest as they're all piling into the cars as they're getting ready to go out and meet 8H. HH, um, what, what does this look like as you're up there in the web? Um, I think Niles like kind of is more dragging themselves up there this time than in walking up the steps. Um, but I think once they get to, uh, to the web, um, they're going to first take spoons out and lay them where Casimir would have been uh, his little space. Um, and then they're going to whisper again the, the same words that they, they did before um, and then pluck the strand. They're just hoping maybe to get a vision or whatever they can get out of it. Understood. Yeah, you set spoons down in their new visage, their bigger visage, um, and their little bird feet kick up at this sky as they're turned onto their back and uh, they seem to be in more jovial spirits now that they can better breathe. Um, Spoon seems to be almost uh, joking around with the way that those little tiny feet are kicking up at the air uh, almost mm-hmm. like a kid on a, on a trampoline. Um, then you begin to pluck those strings and, and just a single resonating movement and the rest of you within the house would feel this even down in the lobby, this uh, resonating, like a tuning fork that runs through the entire building as it's sent through. And that same also almost mycelium host underneath your feet uh, begins to multiply and fold, almost like a deck of cards being turned over or dominoes hitting each other one after the other. It, it resonates, moves, and reacts like a muscle twitching underneath stress. Um, and you are visited with another vision, uh, Niles. Um, at first, it is of Lada sitting at their throne Um, The rush of water is running behind them, and they seem almost calm, uh, relaxed, brought to peace. They're sitting with their legs, their beautiful, long, healed, naturally healed legs crossed over one over another, um, and they are cascaded back against the throne, all of their sclerid eyes shut around the crown of flesh that sits about their head. Uh, And then a second vision floods your mind, and it is... um, almost sifting through uh, like a fisheye lens moving at a dramatic speed. At first it starts in the corner of the ceiling, um, but it begins to weave between different aisles within a store. You whiz past a cash register and then in through the aisles against uh, cascaded over aisles that have been pushed over, uh, almost ran straight through as if a vehicle had broken through here. And uh, for a moment, you can feel this open air, this wind hit the right side of your body as you can feel uh, and see on the right side, this big storefront window has been broken in entirely. And there's this hole where probably a person was thrown through. And that lead up of aisles runs into the corner of the room and you can see Hugh who has been pierced through with this um, steel that is sort of embedded in his ribs and he's breathing very shallowly across it uh, and kind of pulling himself free from it. Um, And you can see that there are three rimmed corpses just about where he is and then two piles of dust nearby that is sort of tracing the outline of this convenience store. Um, And Hugh is sort of cascaded in some of it. Someone Hugh must have brought along 
died so fervently within final death that he was now painted with the ash of his dead friend. Um, but he's alive, he's watching after every corner, and he is looking for something. Fuck. Fuck. Fuck! God. Can Niles ask for Lada not to hurt him? Because I assume that's Lada. <laughs> uh, is that what you call into the into the threads? Yeah. Niles okay. kind of just panics and just like says don't like or like ask like please. There was another immediate flash as you can feel in your chest this sort of uh, flash of anger, like like red hot heat in your chest, the the sort of thing that comes about when you've been accused of something. But that new vision flashes to the sight of this massive executioner's blade cascaded off on the cobblestone that leads outside of this convenience store. And uh, you're almost seeing this from the perspective of the floor itself. And you can see a set of legs, uh, a shorter figure walking up to the blade from where it is now. Uh, you recognize the form. You've seen Cisco before. You imagine you're getting a vision of Cisco currently. Uh-oh. And given your natural intuition, you would guess that Lada is telling you here that this was not her fault. Mm. This was the act of a sheriff. Yeah. Fuck. Then I'm going to ask her if he can, if that's the case, then then Niles is going to ask if she would help keep him safe. Just him. Make a manipulation plus, um, plus your uh, vicissitude. Or charisma plus vicissitude if you think that would be a more compelling argument. Manipulation would be better. Okay. Yes, four successes. Ooh. Um, there is another vision of that beautiful gauzed woman uh, in that uh, long naked flesh of her body cascading under that transparent dress. You've never truly understood whether it was her or fabric or what, but it cascades back up to her face and she takes a single finger and presses it to her lips as if to quiet you. And then there is another vision very quickly of uh, a, a clock, many clocks, a wall of clocks that are starting to tick uh, as if a timer is running down. Uh, go ahead and roll me a, let's call this insight plus wits. Two successes. You imagine that this might be Lada saying that they will do what they can, but you do not have much time. It seems that Lada is preserving their anonymity over Hugh's life and can only go as far as they can. Okay. All Niles can do is, is quietly thank her and they will immediately go back downstairs um, there is and taking spoons with them. Beautiful. 
there's a final vision of that terrifying woman, that haunting visage, blowing you a kiss. Keep on moving. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go back down um, and um, how long is it gonna take us to deal with Hugh? Or, or to, to deal with um, your HH? To deal with him, it won't take any time at all. I, I, I was thinking we go there just to relax and have a place to hide out that nobody really knows much about. I don't have time. I have to get to the lake. Well, to be honest with you, I was about to argue. Are we sure we want to just let the lake go? I think we got to go too. I, I don't. Yeah, I, I just have to go. I don't have time. But what's going on? Who, who is anyone hurt? Yes, Cisco's there. And if I don't get there, I can't. I have to find Hugh, and I have to make sure he's okay. I got. I got to go there. None of us, including you, are in good enough shape to. I don't, you, I don't you care. care. Oh, you, but you can't though. You, you're physically can't. You and Eva. Uh, it's gonna be you turning into dust in front of Lana. That's the help. I can't leave him there by himself. Sure you can. I can't. We believe in you. I mean, honestly, you know, it's got a point. Like, we can't go now. We have to. We have to be worth something first. Well, Dune's almost just died already. What which are, is what's why, which is why I can't afford to lose something else. All right, fucking, let's stop talking about it. Now, jump in. I'll drive there. I'll Bye. take my bike. I'll follow. I'll, I'll hold on. If you guys need to replenish, go replenish. But I can't eat. There's nothing HH really has to offer for me. Yeah, but we solved that. Did we? There's a bunch of us. I can go around. That's... Look, I'm relatively healthy, too. I can actually just quickly... I can quickly go in quietly, get an update, and get back. What? So, Niles, Allison, and I go. You three go to HH. Burroughs is driving Baby Blue out to the lake. Mm. As far as I understood it. Oh, I thought I thought he was going to HH. Oh, no, he... It's well. an option. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't need to go there. I was just offered it as an option. Let's stop dicking around. Let's just go. Niles is going to freak out. Let's just get in the car, head to the lake, and if we need to, we'll turn around and go to HH. How's that? Right? You can follow me or you can't don't have to follow me. It doesn't no, no. matter. Just I'm leave. gonna I'm heading to the Be lake. in the car. Be in the car. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. I just wanna get out this um, fleshy thing. At this current moment, is there anyone that is not heading to Lake Me? Huh? I go where Allison goes. Okay. And Sybil? I'm going. Okay. That means that all of you uh, packing into baby blue and perhaps the motorcycles, or are we all going I'm, in one? I'm place? taking. I, I'm taking the motorcycle, and then I think I still I have my shotgun. I think at the mansion, so I'm putting that in the rack, and I'm heading out. Got it. Okay. I'll are there the motorcycle still unless someone else wants to get on it? Are there any other preparations? 
any weapons, <laughs> accoutrements, anything else that we need to satisfy before we go to Mead. Do we have any weapons that are stored here? I don't think so. Don't believe so. You could uh, conceivably make a roll to scavenge something out of the mansion. Place has not been looted since it happened, so oh. perhaps something could be in there. I'll check. I'll definitely do a, a loot check. Cool. Okay. I think I think I definitely had a handgun on me. Yeah. I think I still have three foot's knife. I believe you do have three foot's knife. I do. Someone does. With the exception of these nails and my stilettos, they are the only sharp things I have, so I would like to have something. Allison and Sybil are looking for something within the mansion, right? Yes. yes. Let's start with you, Sybil. Sybil, what are you looking for in specific? I'm looking for, um, like, enraged weapons of any kind, things we don't have to get close to people to use. So shotgun would be great, but even or a just... Harpoon. Or, yeah, or a whole harpoon would be even better. Of course. Uh, give me an investigation plus wits. They've got to have okay. harpoons. It's essential gear around here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, that's three successes. Three successes. Yeah, that's three successes. Okay. You uh, are looking about, and you indeed find that within the wreckage of this place, lodged between the ligament, uh, seems to be a nine millimeter handgun of some kind. There is about half a magazine inside. Um, so uh, you probably got about six shots, you'd guess. Okay. Sweet. Thank you, uh, and then- Vendetta, for joining us. Awesome. Welcome. Allison, uh, what are we thinking here? Well, um, I'm going to try to actually look for something that can be used. Like, I'm looking for almost any and everything. So if uh, even a hairspray canister, just if I have to light that bitch on fire. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and make me an investigation plus wits. My investigation is literally one, but I called it social stalker. Hmm. <laughs> she was that. Oh no. Okay. Three successes. Three successes. You do indeed find the uh, the everything you would need to make Molotovs. Absolutely. So let's assume that you have the makings of three Molotovs within this uh, this mansion. Hell. Is anyone else investigating for anything to find? Are we all good here? Okay. All I need is my fit weight. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> um, also, I would like to make note. I do have a if I, I would have a like a lighter. That's oh, yeah. just so clear. Oh, yeah. Party girl, come on. Allison has had a lighter on her since she was 15. Also known as the frenzy button. Yeah. Yes. I would avoid fire around yourself. It can be very difficult to fight. Um, Okay. So you all uh, get yourselves into the vehicles and take off into the the Mojave Desert uh, past Las Vegas. The trouble is, is that you're in southern Summerlin. 
and your destination is out past Henderson, Lake Mead. That's an hour drive, and you have to hope that Hugh is going to make it that long. Whether that vision was something of the future or the present or the past, who knows? But the rest of you are fighting that interpretation, hoping against hope that there's still something to save out there by that lake, that there's still a sheriff to stop. I want to make clear to all of you so that you can make the best informed decisions. If Sheriff Sisko or any of their members were to uh, return uh, to the prince with information regarding Lada, it's almost assuredly that Lada would be the next target for all of the Camarilla. But there are other things to consider as well. Should Sheriff Sisko or any of their team wind up dead, it is an assurance to the prince that there is indeed something out there in Lake Mead. But even further, if they were to wind up dead and Hugh or any of the Anarchs sent by Niles were to be found as the culprits, it would be a reason to break the truce. <sighs> so, some things to consider are who gets out of here alive? With that in mind, could I get a drive roll from Burroughs, from uh, Mal, and from Niles? That's Driving a drive text. plus dex. Cool. All three hunger dice. Two successes. Okay. Okay. Two successes for Niles. All right, we'll call it a queen sweep. Um, you make it out to Henderson on reasonable, reasonable time. It is nearing two o'clock in the morning. There's three hours left in this night before the world ends. Uh, and there is not many, uh, uh, many cars on the road to impede your journey. And the three of you are burning everything that you have to get out to Henderson the fastest you absolutely can. Uh, the intention when you arrive in Henderson, I assume, is to go immediately to the lake. What's the plan when we arrive? I'm looking for Hugh. Okay. Um, I'm going to actually approach Burroughs and Sybil really quick, and I'm going to be like, everybody, I'll be like, I haven't, should there just be no survivors? Because if there's no one there to report, yes, um, it will look suspicious, but they can't know 100% what happened. And they are in Anarch territory. Anything could happen. If if the right people don't walk out of this, a war is going to start, and that's the entire reason we were trying to get that key, was to prevent a war. So? Uh, yeah. Mal... Mal knows uh, this this sheriff. Uh, they're both La Sombra. Maybe they can talk it out or something. Yeah, it's it's either that or we play number games, which isn't it's not worth it. We'll try to talk it out first. If not, exactly what you said. Plan B. Mal is in fact actively looking for Cisco. Cool. Okay. Uh, if there are no other conversations to be had, I'm going to ask that uh, one of you makes an investigation plus either intelligence or wits to discern where that vision might be leading. I believe this should come down to Niles. Do we all agree? 
At least yes. to kind of give us any kind of direction, you know? Honestly, yeah, because yeah. Niles is the only one who saw this. He, he's yeah. going to guess. You would uh, remember there's cool air. That window was open on the storefront. The convenience store was all but mangled. Uh, and you saw a view out there by the sword on the floor with a view of the lake. Uh, go ahead and give me an investigation plus either intelligence or wits, Niles, whichever is highest. I don't, got anything in the, I don't have anything in investigation. Um, so just on my wits. Okay. If you fail, there will be an additional chance. It just means things get a little harder. Oh, hell yeah. Two successes. Ooh, a, nine okay. and a, a nine and a ten. As Burroughs mentions the boathouse and, and over the roar between the two, uh, between the car and your motorcycle, you can see that vision again and you feel that that breath of air across your right side of your body and, and the, the vision of the sword on the floor, the, the sight of the lake, you're almost sure that Burroughs has it right. It's on the marina. It has to be. It's, it's either near where you killed that man or, or at least within the surrounding area. So with the location in mind, you all take off, uh, peeling through to try and get to the, the uh, perimeter of the Lake Mead, down to the Lake Mead Marina. Um, we'll assume that you roar into the parking lot and as you three vehicles arrive on scene, you're all treated to this vision of a absolutely decimated convenience store on the corner of the docks and marina that lead up to many of the boat rental places that lead out into the Lake Mead area. It looks as though in the dead of this night, something decimated this area. Uh, two cars have T-boned into each other. Another has pierced through into the convenience store you can only imagine is the one from your vision. There is a hail of broken glass, of bullet casings along the floor, and uh, you can see at least two bodies off to your far diagonal to the left uh, that are unmoving and on the floor underneath a street lamp that uh, cascades over the parking lot. And you get this big, long stretch down the marina. And as far as you can tell, there's no living beings walking about within your area as you all come to a parking stance in the parking lot. So. Okay. I want to go to those two bodies under the streetlight. Okay. And see, do those are they human bodies? Uh, you'd have to get a, a close enough to discern this. How close are you getting to them? If anything, if I can take them out from under the streetlight, that would be great. Like I'm down to drag them okay. like five feet to the side. Are you making any precautions before you grab at them? Oh well, now I am. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm just, I'm trying to be stealthy, but that's, I, I don't think I'm expect I'm expecting them to be dead. Uh, let me ask you a question. Are you trying to be stealthy for the parking lot or for these two bodies? For the, nope, for the parking lot. Okay, roll me a stealth plus dexterity. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Two successes. I see. 
Okay, let's hope that's enough. You grab them by the ankles, you pull them free so that they are closer under the light, and immediately it is as though you've robbed a grave. These two bodies are so decrepit in age that there is no way that they have freshly died. They are beyond ancient, and you can see immediately on uh, where their hearts might be, there are two titanium beautiful uh, silver, uh, or at least silver in color, stakes that have been pressed through their hearts. And at the very base of that stake, embossed into the metal and almost stickered through uh, is a plain smiley face. Um, And these two bodies seem to have met their final death. Oh. Sybil's going to take the stakes okay and just keep going keep moving understood you're about 30 45 feet from baby blue are you moving back towards the car are you continuing down the marina yeah i'm going back okay uh sybil returns with these stakes all right let's think about this there's probably cam probably the sheriff mal you think you could convince this person to just walk away maybe Keep this quiet. Maybe. maybe. Um, I have to know where they are first. I mean, have I have I seen them? Or like, can I make a make a? Can I be can I be looking for? Because I know that they had a sword. Yeah. Do I? Do I see any other signs of them besides the sword? Um, are you you're looking in particular for uh, the the sword itself? I think I'm just, I guess I don't know the sword is there. Uh, okay. I'm looking, I'm just looking for Cisco or any signs of Cisco. Okay. Uh, and just looking about, uh, let me get a wits plus awareness and perception. Okay. While they're doing that, can I just point out that I am actively avoiding being seen by any parties outside of the coterie? Are you Are you activating obfuscate in any way? Yeah, let's say I'm doing silence of death. Okay, silence of death. So you are still visible, you're just very quiet. Yes. Got it. Three successes. Three successes. Mal, as far as you can tell, Cisco is not present physically within anywhere you can see. Okay. I mean if we can find them, great, but I don't I don't see him here. Is there like is there a sword here or anything like that? It does not seem to be any okay. massive blade on the floor. Cool. I didn't figure then. Uh, no, not even. Uh, unless, are you? How close to the convenience store are you getting in your investigations here, Mel? Uh, I think I'll probably go up to the window at least and just try to stick to the shadows. Yeah. Um. You do. Uh, you hear a scuffle by the moment that you do arrive at the window. Um. And it's clear that something within is trying to hide from your presence and did not do a very good job of it, but you do not see any blade anywhere. Um, I'm back with Niles and Burroughs is like, you said something about a convenience store. There it is. Let's, let's just walk up. Yeah, I think Niles will just start heading there, trying to find Hugh, like the exact spot where he was in the vision. Okay. Yeah, you move past Mal. Is Burroughs coming along with? Yeah, I think Burroughs is, is like trying as quickly as possible to find Hughes. 
Got it. So Niles uh, and Burroughs gather around at the foot of the convenience store by Mal. Again, it looks as though someone's body was pressed through this storefront window and across the room. And following that impact of Niles, it's pretty easy to find Hugh, who uh, unfortunately was trying his best to keep himself from sight from Mal. But stepping into the convenience store, you can see that he has been pierced through um, just shy of his heart. So Torpor may be close, but it doesn't seem as though he's entered it. Um, He, I think, out of the panic and the remembrance of such, is breathing. Um, the, The sudden anxiety that comes on, the adrenaline that still beats even in a dead heart, beast that pushes on uh, lends this bruja to life, but it's clear that he is dazed, panicked, and impaled by this piece of almost rebar uh, that has come free from either one of the awnings, the aisles, or the wall that he's been pressed through, Um, and he has not been able to bring himself up from enough uh, strength to remove himself from this. But he's in plain view. I think Niles is just, without hesitation, immediately running up to Hugh and crouching down and just looking at him. Oh my god, you came. You, you made it. Yeah, yeah. told you Niles, I was going to Where's everyone else? The, the rest of the coteries with me, they're, they're right outside, but we need to get you situated first, right? No, my, my people. Where's my people? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see anybody else outside, just you. There were six of us. Niles, we need to get him out of here. Okay, we need to get you out of here. We we need to get you out of this this bar, okay? Hughes, I'm going to pick you up. It's going to hurt a little bit, but we'll try to make it quick. I I don't know if it's safe. I I think they're still here. Who? who, who, Who's still here? Them. The sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen somebody move like that. Niles, he's, he's rambling at this point. Let's go. And I'm going to start like trying to work on getting, getting first, I'm going to try the rebarb to like get it out of whatever wall it might be stuck in or the ground or something. Got it. Uh, Maybe give he can me, move with that sticking through him. Give me a strength plus either athletics or brawl. Uh, now, I'll tell you this. If you use athletics, I'll say that you are more accurate in your interpretation. If you use brawl, I'm going to say this is a brute strength thing. Because you know, as well as anyone else, Burroughs, if this goes too far to the left, too far to the right, he may be sleeping for a very long time. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try a little finesse. I'll use my dexterity. Or, or you said strength and uh, athletics. A strength plus athletics if you'd yeah. like to be more finesse. Um, that is two successes. Uh, okay. You're I... willing to roll a willpower if you'd like to. Yeah, I think I will. Just to get another... Nope. One more. That was a success. I'll take that. So that is one more success for two willpower. Okay. So three successes means that you grip this rebar. What does this look like as you pu- pull it free from his chest? Yeah, I think I kind of put my hands similar to like the hilt of a samurai sword on his back and then put my foot on against the wall or the floor and then just like try to pull it out as Niles is kind of helping me lift his body. I'm, I'm yeah. just tearing the rebarb out of the concrete or the uh, probably more like a plaster. 
Got it. Yeah, you pull him free and the rebar as well, uh, and it seems that you've at least gotten him free from the wall. Um, what you you two decide to do next is is up to you. Let's as he kind of struggles through his dazed, he's still with you, but he's ready to walk. Yeah, Niles is going to put hands on his wound and yeah, try to get him um, out of this area as fast as we can. I think we're working together. I think they're still going for the lake. Uh, they had another team. Cisco was by themselves. I think mm-hmm. they're, they're going after your person, a- after whoever. Okay, we'll, we'll deal with that in a second. We, we just, I'd rather focus on getting you safe somewhere. Okay? What's the plan? Where are we going? We need to get you out of here, man. That's, that's a simple fact of it. So we're going back to Alice. We can go back. He, he could get us some help. We, he could send in reinforcements. I just look at Niles like this dude's asking for trouble. I mean, where else can we go? What's I mean, H. I don't know how Double H feels about the whole Anarch thing, but I mean, yeah, we can go there, but I, I, I think we... I think we deliver this man to the Anarchs. I want to deliver this man to the Anarchs. And if it's just me, then so be it. If it's just me and Niles, I'm fine with that. I, I don't think those those fucking tower folks are going to get through to uh, to Lada. Okay. I don't think so either. I don't know. Um, okay. Okay. So we As go. this conversation is going on, are there any actions that are not belonging to Burroughs to uh, to Niles? And I'm assuming Sybil is in this room having this conversation. Mm-hmm. So Enoch, Allison, Mal, any actions? Mal, did you want to go first? Um, I think if I've heard, because I was standing right next to the window, so I may have heard. Um, and as soon as I hear that they're looking, that, that Cisco might still be around, I'm going to shadow cloak myself and start. Okay. Can I, if I can access the oblivion mm-hmm. and Cisco can access the oblivion, is there a way to like sense them? I don't think that's any of the things that I can do, but I just thought it would be neat if I could. So I'm asking. Here is what we'll do, as I don't think there's any indication that there's a a sight there, you know? Um, And you do not possess oblivion sight, do you? I do not, no. I've gone for more violence than actual tactical things. You have, haven't you? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do this, and I'm going to allow you to attempt this, but it's going to be difficult because obviously this is not something baked into the game. Yeah. I'd like you to roll a wits plus awareness, and you can add your dots for oblivion to that roll. Okay. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one more. Ten. Okay. All right. One, two, three, four. Four successes. 
now you become shadow, uh, whether it's out of the corner of an aisle that's knocked over on the floor, whether it's the recesses uh, in the ceiling, whatever it may be, you join the room in its darkness. The trouble is you discern that there is a portion of the room you couldn't enter if you tried, a shadow that is longer than it should be, a shadow that sits directly behind Hugh. Inside of Hugh's shadow, you believe that you have discerned that Cisco is in the room. Okay. Can I do something? Absolutely, you can. This will be the last action if this should cause any violence towards that shadow. It will move towards combat initiative, just so you know. Okay. I want to try to reach through the shadow with Umbra's Clutch again. Mm -hmm. I want to warn you again that using Umbra's Clutch does cause a stain on your soul and removes humanity. It is also a very violent pull, not one that is very friendly. It is essentially Mm. taking Sisko's soul, ripping it through the bowels of hell and telling it should be by you. Cool. Okay, that's way That's less. why you lose the humanity thing. Uh-huh. No, I understand. I yeah, just no. picked this because it's cool. It is the fucking coolest. And to do it on someone it like through. her is like, yeah, fuck you. But to do it on your mommy, that's a different right, story. Right, I don't want to do that to mommy. So I guess instead, I would Me like... Good. No, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I didn't realize exactly how violent it was. And now that I understand, that's not what I want to do. I would like to instead um, shadow my way directly against them. Okay. And make it obvious that I'm there. Okay. Yeah. How do you make it obvious? Are you speaking? Are you moving? I'm just going to use one of my little shadow tendrils to like... Like on their shoulder. (laughs) Not on their face, their butt. I'm like on their shoulder. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. No one insinuated you were going for the face and butt. Oh, Zaki made a face and so I assumed that was the... I thought you were having another (laughs) we're all naked moment. No, (laughs) no, I'm just stupid. Everyone's got their giblets out for this fight too. (laughs) Um, Go ahead and make a manipulation plus intimidation here. Mm. Unless you think you're trying to be Casper the Friendly Ghost here. Um, persuading, performing. That's worse. Um, I I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm trying to like scare them, but I don't think I'm trying to be necessarily friendly. I'm, I think I'm like, hey, I'm here. Let's talk more than anything. Okay. So then make a manipulation plus persuasion. Sorry. Caleb, <laughs> you're letting me get away with, away with a lot right now. And I respect you for it. So make up for it. I have one onk with fangs and one normal success. So two. 
total, but one of them might be messy. It is a messy critical, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. Two you in, one night. I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Um, <sighs> that's worse. Consider that's worse. that it's, that's it's worse. happened. That's, that's the thing you got to be careful. No things in the back pocket. Um, Cisco reveals themselves as the two of you are walking away with Hugh. Uh, and there's discussion of where to take him. Do we take him to Ellis? Do we use him as a bargaining chip with the Anarchs? Do we take him back to HH? There's a lot of communication as you suddenly become aware that Cisco has heard all of it. And better yet, you become uniquely aware that Hugh now has this massive sword against his neck. And Cisco, this smaller framed individual, I mean, Cisco's probably only five foot four, five foot five, small framed, slender, uh, very femme in form, but masculine in presentation, shorn head, this big dramatic uh, eye makeup that almost looks like they've prepared themselves for this moment. And there's this big eye streaked smiley face that runs across uh, in this black eyeliner to eyeshadow. Um, and they have completely blacked out their neck with this big streak of almost like Viking-esque uh, uh, battle paint. Um, they are wearing this big overcoat and this oversized 80s blazer with these built-in shoulder pads, this um, half-coated dress shirt that um, it goes down to about uh, half their chest and shows a bunch of tattoos that are peeking out, uh, a Kevlar body armor uh, vest that sits underneath, um, and then it looks to be two uh, small submachine guns that have been strapped onto thigh holsters, these tight pants that fit into a pair of Doc Martens that again have these spray painted yellow smiley faces right where your skull might be when they kick it in. Bur- Burrows um, instinctively reaches for a samurai sword and oh, <laughs> champagne put on us. Sitting in the darkness with that samurai sword preparing. Brooding. Um, <laughs> so I'm um, Cisco shows absolutely no expression outside of that painted on smile. Um and So they they have Hugh grappled now? With yes. the sword? So imagine that Hugh is captured with one hand and this massive, what probably should be a two-handed sword, is uh, cut up against his neck, primed in a hostage situation. All right, all right now, Morpheus or Trinity, I can't tell which one you resemble more. Uh, let, let's take it easy here. They both work. Let's have a conversation. I just heard some things that I think we need some clarification on. Mal, Mal, why don't you, you step, step out of the out? shadows? Yeah. Good. Like mines. Hi. So, what I just heard, something I've been a little suspicious on, is that all of you are planning to play turncoat to the Camarilla and use this one as a bargaining chip to the other side. I'm all a part of the Anarchs. I'm a part of the Anarchs, so I have to protect my own interests. As you know, I am a liaison, and Hugh is a member of the Anarchs. Go ahead and make a uh, manipulation plus subterfuge to see if you can um, try and fight for the idea that they were doing this for you. While that roll is happening, I 
minor clarification. Does he know that everybody is here? Or is it just the select few who have... The storefront itself looks out on Lake Mead. The parking lot is directly right adjacent, meaning that anyone who stayed in the car, there's a chance Cisco doesn't know. Well, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, Enoch and I are still in the car, technically. Yeah, yeah, I would. My hope would be that my, at, at the very least, myself, but hopefully myself and Allison can avoid uh, him not knowing, avoid him knowing that we're here. Got it. Uh, that, um, the, the, where we quiet our sound, our silence, we're going to make sure like the defenses are all up. Got it. Uh, what did you have for your role, Niles? A three? Three successes. Okay. Listen, all of this is not adding up. And event after event after event leads back to you people. I was sent here by the prince to bring something very precious back to him. And the way that I see it, there's two options. First option is your man was telling the truth. He did know about something down in the lake and I'm going to walk down there. I'm going to fetch it and I'm going to bring it back to Aloysius. Or two, your man is a Malkavian who should not be allowed to speak for all of you. He has nothing and he sees to the punishments associated with such. Now, one or the other is going to happen. But what can happen in between both of those options all depends on what you're all about to say to me. Cisco, I recognize your loyalty to the cam. And what I'm about to tell you, you have to trust me when I say it's in everyone's best interest that you don't find anything here. That you go back to the prince and you tell him another nutty Malkavian said something wild and when things have cooled down we could have another conversation with you or maybe we go into more detail about this but I think deep down you want to prevent a war I for sure as hell don't want to start a war let's uh let's agree to just walk away from this and in time, we can clarify what's going on here. Go ahead and roll me. Um, yeah, I'd say this is manipulation, right? Are you with me on that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I don't feel loyal to Cisco anymore, but I'm also appealing just to the general. They seem like a logical person. Right. They don't seem like they fly off the handle like some folks. I'm trying to make them understand that now is not the time to have this conversation and you seem like a reasonable enough person that what is down there you probably don't want to bring up here. okay yeah let's go manipulation plus persuasion persuasion One, two three okay here we go that's three successes total okay So say I agree, Burroughs, John, say we go that route. Am I guaranteed that conversation? 
or do I only make it long enough to turn to ash? When I say I'm going to do something, I stick to my word. You, you want to know more when things are calm, when we can talk about this in a strategic manner? Hell yeah, I'll have that conversation with you. And this really would ruin the truce, more so than this fool, and uh, they cast their eyes down at Hugh. This is bigger than the truth. This could wipe out all of Vegas, I'm worried, if if this, if what's down there gets mishandled. This, this thing needs to be touched like, a, like an atom bomb. So... There really is something down there, then. I'll give you that much. There is something down there, and all of us have seen it. And I think we can all agree that you don't want any part of it, not now. And I don't think either side should have it, because it'll definitely set off a fucking war. Pardon my French. (laughs) It seems as though... From general insight, uh, even though their face is highly expressionless, that Cisco is at least taking this into consideration. The sword has not at all lifted from Hugh's neck, and it's very clear that they have no indication of dropping it yet, but they're at least considering. What will it take on my part for you to forget this? I need honesty above all. I need to know why you're doing this. I need to know why this is the play for the La Sombra in Las Vegas. I need to know how this benefits you and me. It benefits us because our clan isn't blamed for ending a truce on the already bloody list that we've already established. It doesn't give the prince any more power. It doesn't give the anarchs any more power. It keeps the status quo, which for now benefits us. Are you defecting? No. So you're still with the Camarilla? I was never with the Camarilla by choice. No. But I'm asking your allegiance, Mal. I need to know whether I'm going to have to kill you later. Isn't that always a danger? Yes. Now answer the question. I don't think my answer right now is going to change the fact that you might have to kill me later anyway. The prince says jump, you say how high, right? If you're choosing to masquerade this from me, I'm running out of options. I'm not hiding anything from you. I'm just telling you the truth. You wanted the truth, that's the truth. No matter what I tell you right now, there is still a chance you're gonna have to kill me later. Why does my answer now make a difference? Go ahead and make a manipulation plus uh, persuasion here. Yeah. We're, we're role playing the shit out of no, bro. We're, 
deciding whether it becomes the actual boss battle or not. I'm going to use a willpower to reroll. We are not in a space. What in the general store? Five successes. I got two tens. Fine. Listen, we're going to have a conversation about all this. Yeah. This conversation is going to happen independent of any allegiances, whatever they are. And they give a very pointed look at Mal. And we're going to decide what happens next. You know where I sit, where I have to sit. I have no other choice. So consider the new generation at least waved from this situation. I will do what I want. I will do what I can to inform the prince that there wasn't anything here. But there's a loose end and I think we all understand. I don't know that I can let this go unpunished. And they cascade their eyes slowly down to Hugh. Niles, he's going to take him out. They're going to take him out. Please don't. That'll start the war, won't it? This is Ellis's right hand. If you do this, you will cause the war. And what it Mal just said. The trouble is, if they live, the war starts anyway. Haven't you taken out enough of their people already? Isn't that, punish- isn't that punishment enough? I don't know. I didn't start this one. Believe it or not, they ambushed me. Funny how that works. And they look around at the ash that is lined this place. This one, he's important to you. And Cisco makes direct eye contact with you, Niles. Yes. How important? And Hugh speaks up. You don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Just, it's okay. Yeah, you can go back to Alice. You can tell him you tried your best. You got what He's... you needed. The, the lake is safe. What would it take? A promise? A favor? Fine. A favor. You're going to come work with me. You and Mal. What does a gangro have to offer you in the sheriff department? Everything. Do you accept? Fine. The sword is removed and thrown to the ground with this clatter of metal that sets to the floor. 
and Cisco straightens themselves up and lets go of Hugh, who falls down to the floor and picks himself up and and stands immediately ready to fight until he realizes it's not coming to that and steps terribly, terribly hurt back to your line. Cisco stands before all of you. I need a time, a date, and a location for our conversation. What's your calendar look like? I can clear some days. Just send it to me. We'll talk then. But understand this. You live by my appointment. You walk by my appointment. You are now all indebted in your own lives by this moment. And the second that I decide that you do not exist anymore, you'll be wearing ashes the same as he. And Cisco points immediately at Hugh, who is again caked in his friends. Understood? Understood. Thank you for seeing sense. Of course. Well, this has been exciting. All of you put on a happy face. You won. Burles just starts taking Hugh to the car. And um, immediately Cisco disappears before your eyes. Okay. They're so cool, but they're so fucking scary. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go help Burroughs help Hugh into the car. Uh, it's clear that Hugh is within a few seconds of torpor, of seriously needing help. Um, but you hobble him back out to Baby Blue with Burroughs and ease him into the back seat. There you can see Allison and Enoch are there, completely silent. I'm going to turn to Niles and say, uh, listen, are you the uh, are you of the opinion that you're going to continue to play both sides? I don't know right now. I said whatever I needed to do to yeah, you don't have to say anymore. Listen, how about I drive him? How about I drive Hugh to Ellis? Make sure he also gets there okay. I can have a conversation with them that I've been meaning to have with them anyway. I should go with you. I don't want to leave him behind. You've done enough already, but if you want to come, you're welcome. I should go with you. All right. I should talk to Ellis. Well, uh... I sure wish there was plenty of space in the back of my vehicle. I sure hope there's nobody occupying it right now. Don't worry. Nothing's happening. He's just bleeding. Well, this, yeah, this, this invisible person you're talking about, uh, Allison. Uh, I'm not think... invisible. I'm just deadly silent. Oh, well, oh, you, you can, uh, yeah, you can see us right now. You just can't hear us. Unless you want to go to the Anarchs, I think you guys might need to hitch a ride somewhere else. Somebody needs to take my bike back. I can dibs. Scratch it. We go. Uh, uh, and we'll I'll have I'll a different do. conversation, please. 
I'm. Where do you want the bikes, Niles? Canaan, Bubblegum, um, Church. Wait, but wait, wait, wait. We're just gonna take the bikes back. Do we need not to go into the lake, or do we? No. Okay. No. Okay. We solved so, it. You solved it. Through brilliant negotiation. What's safer for you? That's amazing. To go back to Canaan or to go back to the Bubblegum Mansion? Uh, I mean, we're fine now, supposedly, so we can go back to Canaan, I guess. Well, cool. you You're going to have to be in the city anyway to take him to Ellis, so it might be better to have your bike at Canaan anyway. I'll, I'll drive whoever needs to get to Canaan. I'll drive you there. We gotta put some more things together to get that club in order. I'm focusing back on that. That's the easiest thing for me to do. Okay. Okay, so yeah, I guess we'll drive yeah. out of there with Hugh. My intention is to drop everybody off at Canaan, but I will leave Canaan with Hugh and whoever wants to come with me, and I will head to Anarch territory. Yeah, I will go Lovely. there. Uh, with that intention, we're gonna go to 10, 15 minute break here. Okay. Uh, and when we return, whoever would like to will meet the Anarchs, and the rest of us will have a lot of free time to accomplish whatever we think we need to accomplish. So we'll be back after our break. Oh, that's oh. weird. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> um, lovely. Welcome back, everyone. We are entering into a unique situation where many of the new generation have decided that maybe the Camarilla is not for them. Um, that may be a decision made after a series of terrible catastrophes caused by themselves <laughs> that have led many of the Camarilla to hate them. Um, whether that's a coincidence or not, who knows? But sometimes it's just not the right fit and you've got to look for other employment. Uh, with that being said, uh, our dear new generation has stopped off, uh, I believe, on their, their way through to Club Canaan to drop off the members who will not be in attendance when we go to see the Anarchs. Um, I would like to know now, when we arrive at King Canaan, uh, whoa, excuse me, that's a different podcast entirely. When we arrive at Club Canaan, uh, is there any... Uh, is there anyone who's staying here who's who's going to the Anarchs who's not, is my question. I know I'm not going to the Anarchs, okay. but the club is not really probably the best place for us. So Yeah, okay. I, my, my, the reason I'm... Um, yeah, the, the, the reason I'm covering my face is because I'm not sure the club is the best spot for me right now. Got it. <laughs> but, uh, but I'm definitely not going to the Anarchs, no. Okay, so we will discern where the Kingsters are going after we... Uh, we will discern where the couple is going after we discern uh, uh, who else is not going with the Anarchs. Uh, do I have... Mal? I'm also not going with the Anarchs because I told Cisco that I wasn't necessarily defecting, and I think if I go straight there, they'll assume that I am. So hey, that's a fair play. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not go. I okay. didn't tell them I was or wasn't, but I think if I went, it would be read a certain way. <laughs> Fair. Uh, okay, perfect. So then it's safe to assume that Burroughs Sybil? Yes. Burroughs, Sybil, and Niles are going to the Anarch. I will go 
Mm, you sure about this, Sybil? Uh, no, but I, um, I feel like Sybil doesn't understand that she wants to make sure that Niles is okay, and is trying to find a tactical reason to go. Um, and is just like this is this is the safest way, right? That's just, it's better. Maybe I'll just be in the car. I can keep the car warm, uh, but that might be the best course of action. All right, fair enough. Understood. So, Burroughs, uh, Sybil, and Niles, are you all taking out in Baby Blue? Did yeah. you go with me? I'll go, I'll go in Baby Blue. Okay, so the three of you take off towards Ooh. Fremont Street, which is not too far. Before they leave, yeah. is, it, is it possible, um, Sybil, um, it, do you, is it possible for you to make a, do you have like another snake, a guard snake that I could borrow? I, okay, um, I want to spend some time clearing up some understanding about me and snakes. I don't keep snakes. They're just in Vegas and I bring one to me. Would you like me to bring one? Don't you have a whole dog? First of all, I'm watching the English gentleman is not my dog. It is our, it is a roommate that we cherish. Rufus does pick up his half blind face. He's got those cataract eyes that are especially goopy today. Uh, the half nod ear and everything. He looks up as though he's recognized that you all are speaking of him. He looks that, uh, it, you know, if someone were to walk through this club with a pack full of high-grade explosives, that he would just nod his head to the man and allow him his day. <laughs> that poor bastard. Yeah, so we're going to just count Rufus out on any sort of participatory obligations for this place. You said you wanted a snake? I mean, that was the last one. You, uh, like, Kendrick. Yeah. I can get you another snake. It won't be the same as Kendrick. Oh. But I can't, I can just tell it to, okay, whatever. I'm going to summon a snake. Okay. Um, is that a, I hope it's not a rouse check. I really can't afford to frenzy on a snake. <laughs> yeah, I want to remind you all you still snake haven't eaten. Frenzy, snake, frenzy, That's okay. Snake, That's frenzy. okay. You don't have to. It's just, I didn't know if you had it on you. No, I don't. I don't want to put Rufus out. I think we should pack up. I'm going to pack up. Can I borrow your bike? I'm going to borrow your bike for a while. My bike? Yeah. Gonna go see uh, one of our buddies. Something like Rufus can get, you know, get out, get some fresh sort of air. Okay. I will allow you to take my bike, but if you break my bike, Allison, I swear to God. Please, just, uh, please don't make me finish the sentence. Oh, okay. I, I didn't want to be rude and cut you off, so that's no, why no, I just... No, no. I, um... Okay. Please. I'm going to take the bike. key and the twirl it. I'll be like, I won't scratch it intentionally if I do, which I won't. But life. Niles is going to go help Hugh into the car. <laughs> okay. 
I'm gonna just get roof like I'm gonna just kind of grab things like anything that could help. Do we need anything? We're vampires. <laughs> no, I mean, ass- we did a lot of things. I mean, we got a, we got a lot of things. In the list. <laughs> one very long list. We've needed much because we're vampires. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we got hot. Hugh, on the way to the car, sort of leans over to you uh, and goes, "You know, I I never really believe the stories, but now that I've experienced these people, I kind of get it. I I get it all. Like the hospital makes so much sense to me now." Uh, yeah, I, I, and ironically, wasn't... I didn't do anything about it. That wasn't even my fault. <laughs> I'm right I mean... in Hugh's face. <laughs> That's what I was trying to tell you. It's one of the few things I wasn't lying about. I, yeah, I owe you an apology in some weird way. <laughs> this feels like my fault. <laughs> it's fine. I think it'll. You've paid enough. Alice is going to love him. Um, eventually, if you all are really are going to work with us, you're going to have to bring them all, but this is a good group, and he looks about to Burroughs and to Sybil. As long as he will hear us out. They're definitely going to hear you. Yeah. Oh, good. You're going to have to answer for your crimes first, but yeah. What crimes are those? Well, they think you guys pulled off the hospital job. Am, am I wrong in that? I, I don't really know if it's... A, it's more like a, a Malkavian primogen spinning things. We should talk more about it once we're with Ellis and the rest. That's yeah. that's going to be probably their first concern. Sure. Um, sure. And depending on your answer, you either get to live and continue defending your case or, well, you know, mass execution sort of thing. Right. But they're reasonable. They're all reasonable. They'll, they'll mm. hear you out. Um, it should be all of the barons tonight. Mm. That's good. Great. I think we'll make our way, yeah. Okay, so the Anarchs team take off in Baby Blue. I want to know uh, real quick what Mal is up to. Mal's a little busy. Let's go to the couple. Couple, Alice and Enoch, what are you guys going to run off to while we divert to the Anarchs? Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I, uh, I'm just going to just gonna be like, it's too hot above and everywhere. The only below... Yeah, with Rufus. There's not not a whole a whole lot of lot of options. Oh, I'm very aware. I wouldn't be suggesting sewers, not in this outfit, which we gotta go change. So lovely. Go so it looks that. like the couple's going down to the sewers. Mal, do you have an intention? Mal is not going to go to the Nosferatu. Mal is just going to go back to the church. Got it. Okay. We're going to start with the Anarchs. Uh, You are driven out to Fremont Street. It is that busy, 
beautiful, electronically painted, roofed-in area. There is every manner of life on this street. Uh, between tourists and locals, it must be an even split. Um, there is a huge amount of street performers, of drunks, of uh, beautiful women, beautiful men, beautiful everyone. Um, and their ugly, ugly counterparts. Uh, there are folks vomiting off the side of the streets. There are uh, people shadily walking down alleyways. There are uh, disgusting, uh, dirty spots of the street as equal as it is clean. Uh, there are people hawking shoe cleaning services. There are people trying desperately to get you to give them your last $20. Uh, there are people trying to convince you that their resort is the best uh, and trying to walk you in through the latest uh, slot machines and, and get you desperately to spend your money, your time, your being, your everything. They just want a snip of it. They just want a piece of it. Enough to take home, enough to make something new, enough that you're empty. But eventually, you round a set of segmented transitional staircases to the balcony level of the establishments that look over the main stretch of Fremont Street. It is this second floor sort of strip mall Paris. Uh, the Coterie, you turn and get a view of what uh, Niles already knows is a bar called the Belvedere. Uh, it is a strong, stucco building in a shade of deep brown with sleek black accents. The windows are bricked and painted to match the wall, but you can still see where the structure was modified to black out the bar. The building forms a set of uh, a sort of veranda on the top roof, the first floor serving as a long rectangular bar, and the second floor as a full-on rooftop lounge where you can already see tabled groupings staring out at the view and sipping cocktails. The Belvedere takes up the entire corner of the second floor, balcony level, and has a line out and down another set of stairs that fills out immediately into Fremont. It gives this perfect view of all of the action of this place, and Hugh immediately points it out as your destination. He walks you in past a set of bouncers who eye you all very suspiciously. They look like biker types who have been dressed up far, far more than they're usually comfortable with. These big beards that have been tightened with beads and then pulled back hair. Um, but it looks uh, not even close to chic. It is not walking into the Arcade Hotel. These people are real people, locals of Vegas, very uh, down-to-earth individuals as inside you're greeted with an upscale Western, Southwestern experience, with a huge square bar in the center of the first floor and sectioned off matching booths that line each of the walls. In between, forming a sort of transition area, are crowds of people sitting at tables, standing in groups, creeping to the bar area. This place looks absolutely packed for this night. Um, there's little to no walking space at this time of night, and the bar is brimming with blood. In fact, so many of you feel so damn hungry that you know that if you tried any harder than you needed to, you could easily find something to drink on this floor the kind you could get drunk off just to taste from. The lighting is dim beyond belief, largely lit by candlelight and vintage lantern sconces along the wall. Small, rustically curated chandeliers perimeter the center of the bar. 
Everyone in the bar matches a certain type. Most of those sitting down scream Vegas local, and those standing answer in equal volume to tourists. The bar is excessively upscale, especially for Fremont, and something that says you're here for an experience, not a bill you can't pay. There's a sort of presence here among the subdued cocktail cigar smoke vibe, something in the leering stares from some of the patrons. You can tell they might be kindred, they might be ghouls, whatever they are, some of them are keeping an eye on you even as you enter. Hugh moves to schmooze for a moment just on the floor, but eventually he returns bringing all of you uh, still huddled and hurt in his position, casting with a, a, a hurried hand at a set of staircases that lead up to a VIP section in the second floor of the bar itself. At the top of the stairs, you step out onto a veranda and are greeted with an empty second floor. The hairs stand up on your back as you realize all of the people you saw from the sidewalk line up at the rooftop bar do not exist. There's this strange trick of the mind as you realize that the crowds of people that must have been taking up the second floor bar were some sort of illusory, fantastical experience because none of them are here present. Uh, your mind boggles over this as there's no way they would have had time enough to remove some 60 people in a matter of seconds. Um, immediately uh, uh, to your attention are a few people that uh, parade around this veranda. There's a beautiful young blonde woman in her early 20s in a long, wispy, translucent white dress and black lingerie underdressing that is shining through the white sheer. She is absolutely stunning, so much that your mind is fogged over by the sight of her even at this distance. Your vision tunnels each time her red-painted lips begin to fire back in conversation as she is in a very heated debate from a distance with a tall, broad, blonde man in a sheepskin coat. Niles, you would recognize him immediately as Ellis. He's wearing a sharp dress shirt and a bolo tie, and he is determined in the argument between the two, but trying to hold back some obvious feelings. He is handsome in a way that requires little effort, but still reflects a very harsh life lived. Deep set in wrinkles, scars, cuts, and healing has marred his face with the travels of time. The most notable is a scar that has mangled his lower lip at the edge to give him a poorly healed split. Despite all this, he looks impossibly young for his age and spry in his step. He's a fireball of energy in this debate and looks ready to take on the bulls. Uh, adjacent to that, as their argument lives on, the beautiful woman uh, claims to the other, very violently enough for you all to hear at the threshold, that what you're doing is only going to get people killed, to which he retorts that a loss of life is just as inevitable if they do nothing. It is quickly squashed as they all turn to see that you all have arrived at this moment. They step away from each other to cool off immediately, as if no conversation had been going on when you arrive. 
To the far corner is a rail-thin man with a pointed face standing by the balcony looking out on Fremont. To the other side is the familiar face, Baron Shelley, who is square, uh, who her and her squared off head are sitting directly by bride in one corner. Uh, finally, uh, the final familiar face, another bearded, heavy set individual with thin wireframe glasses and a three piece suit hastily put on is in a seat beside Ellis. You recognize this as the man from the Hikata mansion. It's obvious that all eyes and ears are on him as soon as the argument has ended. A few other obviously less important figures, some of the kindred openly sipping a plus one guests to the balcony, other ghoul confidants with pistol holsters at one side, two of them standing by the arguing couple, other patrons trying not to look on the disagreement. But the rest is left to all of you. Hugh steps to the center uh, in front of everyone and the blonde woman leaves past the ghouls and begins to step behind the coterie, watching as all of you step in, listening, paying attention, but not giving uh, any camaraderie to the rest of the individuals. But you're all ushered into the center and all is extremely quiet as uh, the cowboy rises from his seat in that sheepskin coat takes this deep breath and holds his hands in the belt loops of his jeans and just sort of measures each one of you up left to right. I think Burroughs will feel the silence and decide to fill it. And, um, you know, I think, um, I think he knows the Anarchs are probably he's going to make a guess that the Anarchs are different enough from the Camarilla that a curtsy or too much pageantry is probably not going to go well so he's just going to go right into a, a more formal he's going to introduce himself I don't believe we've ever met uh, but I've been meaning to meet you for a little while Ellis my name is John Burroughs yeah I, I heard a little bit around you around here <laughs> a little bit now, a little bit before, and God, none of it lives up to it, does it? And he steps forward and he puts a hand out and he, he reaches for your hand and gives it a steady, incredibly firm shake. You can feel his forearm tense just a little as he, he meets you. I want you to meet two dear friends of mine. They're Sybil here. I'll gesture to them. Nice to meet you. It's an honor to meet you as well. And you might already know Niles. Uh, Niles and myself are well acquainted, yes. We uh, ran into each other after a, a little miscommunication at a bar one I think maybe you all have heard the story before. Niles is surprisingly secretive, but I think we can infer what's going on. Yeah, look, I, I'm going to cut straight to it. Um, first of all, here's Hugh. We saved him from being killed by the sheriff. Uh, you know who I'm referring to. Cisco. Alice stops for a moment, stares in at Hugh, um, brings him in close, pats him on the back of the head, gives him a kiss on the lips, uh, and then escorts him back to the sort of squared out seating um, and, and sits him down, clearly telling that he's hurt. Um, the, the relationship as you watch them interact is definitely one of father to son. 
Um, it's close. It's connected. He does press his forehead to Hughes for a moment before sitting him back down. And it's clear that Hugh is extreme, extremely deferential to Alice, comparative to Hugh before having opinions and conversations and uh, offering to all of you. It seems that he has shut his mouth since Alice has taken the floor. But he comes back to Hugh Burroughs and looks to Niles and says, well, it was my understanding that uh, you all were the ones asked him to go out there in the first place. I, I don't know very well that you could say saved if, well, he was doing y'all a favor. You're not wrong. <laughs> Listen, um... That's why they let me talk. Yeah. Look, um... I want to have a conversation with you in private, uh, mostly hmm. to do with something I want to tell you. The rest of the folks that are with me, maybe they have something else to say, but uh, I'd like as a private as an, of an audience as I can afford with you. Mr. Burroughs, what constitutes private for yourself? Do, do you mind if the Baron's here, or is this conversation for you and the Baron of Fremont Street? And he gestures to so many people. He looks to Dufresne, he looks to the woman in the back, the yeah. uh, rail-skinned uh, individual in the corner, to Shelly, to Bride. No, no, I think what I need to say does need to be heard by everybody in this room. Oh, I good. just want to give the floor to Sybil and Niles if they have anything else to say. What I'm about to say is not on their behalf. I understand. We can definitely get to private conversations, but I think before we open the floor to our honored guests, I think we have some explaining to do to each other, right? I think it's all in the interest of being better people that we speak plainly of the elephant in the room. We put the tiger up on the table and we, uh, we chat this thing out, huh? Yeah. Yes. You're talking about the hospital. I'm talking about the hospital. You see, we received um, a little bit of communication from the new Prince of Las Vegas, former Prince of New Orleans, former Prince of uh, Miami, uh, one Aloysius, Aloysius Freeman. Uh, you, you know, I I haven't much got to know this Prince. I definitely la like him a lot less. Uh, well, a lot more than the last one, given the last one I cut his fucking head off. But, you know, as far as princes go, this is at least marginally better. Uh, he writes in this flowerly little language that reminds me of Lydia over here. He points over to that beautiful woman in the white dress. And you see, sometimes you can just smell the blood off of someone's penmanship. No one should ever have to be forced to learn cartography, I'll tell you that. Or, or what the fuck is that word? Calligraphy. That's the one. If you gotta learn how to use a pen, you're using it fucking wrong. Just make the goddamn letters. That's, anyways. <laughs> I received a letter that informed me that I was... Oh, I don't know how the fuck he said it, that I had stepped on his dick. I never stepped on that man's dick in my life. Listen, I got news that some sort of a hospital went up in flames and that uh, some of uh, uh, Las Vegas' finest uh, ended up dead in the wake of some sort of slaughter. And this was made as to be an attempt on the life of Emmerich. Now, I've never seen that oily, greasy, little fucking old shit. Never in my life have I laid eyes on whatever fucked up machinations that wheelchair-driving fuck is up to. 
So it came as a surprise to myself that I would be subjected to something that I did not do. Now, I have done a lot. If you want to accuse me of things that God, I'll get you a list, but not something I didn't do. So then I got to thinking and I was pointed towards all you. Hmm. I'm going to look to the other two. Uh, you mind if I just tell them the truth? Of what Please. happened that night? I think so. We, um, we're part of a coterie, for now at least. Hmm. And uh, a couple members of that coterie got a little zealous using their abilities. Started a bit of a riot, a bit of a ruckus, I mean. And um, we think that the Malkavian primogen is or was using this little kerfuffle as an, a, a way to pretend like they could blame something on you and start a war. Uh, Sybil here has spoken to uh, what's that guy's name again? Uh, the prince before or the Malkavian I'm Primogen. talking about the Malkavian that's up in the hospital. Oh, yes. Emmerich is Emmerich is, is a, totally playing a public this. yeah, he's a, a public supporter of former prince Arthur Cost mm. and is somewhat motivated to start a war seemingly just on that information but also the descriptions you used uh, to describe Emmerich are entirely accurate. Good. And we're here because we know you're the bigger man between the two that you know that once you learn that this is just uh, uh, old Emmerich trying to tickle your balls and get you all agitated, this is just uh, something you can ignore. Well, you keep talking sweet like that I'm going to start shitting sugar. Um... Listen, uh, I will allow both Sybil and Burroughs. Burroughs, you can make a charisma plus persuasion. Sybil, you can make a manipulation plus persuasion. You guys are telling the honest truth. Uh, you're putting yourself forward. You're spitting it exactly as he thought it was. You're in good favor. Two successes. Five successes. You can feel the entire room is measuring you up. In fact, even that rail-thin individual with this long, almost wet-soaked hair down to his shoulder blades, this very mousy, angular-featured, uh, uh, almost looks like the lead singer to 30 Seconds to Mars, um, standing over there in this very long overcoat, um, stares over at the, the rest of you, and uh, you get the attention of the heavyset man, the, that beautiful woman in the back who is snarking to herself as he sees. She watches the two southern individuals try to out-southern themselves. Um, and this whole room suddenly becomes sort of at a lull, at a complete standstill against the tension of what Ellis is going to say. And the heavyset individual speaks up and says, uh, well, if what they're saying is true, it only makes sense. Uh, I mean, they'd be looking to break the truce as soon as they can if they're trying to get back to Kost's uh, situation. And you knew you would make enemies off of this, Ellis. And uh, from the back, that beautiful woman pipes up as well, speaks, uh, Ellis, you can't honestly be considering allowing these people to live after what they've done. I mean, how many more issues can we allow them to make? And then from the corner, that wired individual. No, I like them. Keep them. And he casts his hand. 
Um, and Shelly uh, speaks privately with Bride a moment, uh, and Bride stands up. Uh, oh my God, Bride is here? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, how is Bride here? This Bride changes everything. Yes. Bride is in the corner with Shelly. Mm-hmm. You didn't hear that earlier? Yeah. yeah. I missed it. Yeah, no, I didn't. Okay, I hit you with like 50 different descriptions. It's one of those VOD descriptions where you got to go back and find out who the fuck's actually in this room. Um, hopefully I'll get better at those in the future. Uh, Bride stands up, uh, her, you know, five foot nothing frame and those uh, uh, big powerful bun back behind. And she's still wearing that beautiful veil of hers, although today it's white. Um, and very bejeweled with these beautiful pearls, but she speaks up and says, um, I'm very fond of these ones. Ellis, if you could bring it into your heart that you could keep them around. I understand that some of us are against it, but I can vouch personally for all of them, each and every one. Especially these ones. And Ellis puts a hand up as she starts to get a little uppity, and, and he scratches at this blonde beard of his, he stops a moment. He stares especially at you, Burroughs, but then kind of glides down at the other two. Well, listen, what you're saying makes complete sense. And the fact that, oh, well, the rest of you don't actually have a reason for causing any of this or breaking a truce outside of being dumbasses. I mean, I can't see how this is your fault. I think maybe you're a victim of circumstance, and I think that maybe you're a lot younger than you think you are. And I think that gets in the way of um, thinking with a wider scope. That was the problem of a lot of the last administration, was closed-minded thinking, thinking we were the only thing in this universe. Arthur Cost had this belief. He believed that he couldn't fail, and that's the only surefire way that you're gonna. It's the only way I could get to him. And this new Vegas, it's not what I want yet. It's not what I set out to be. And there's so many things, all of us, and he gestures to the other barons, all of us want to see. Chief among them is a place where kindred and kind alike can live to their circumstance. This place was made for the runabouts, the people who have no place to go. For those of us who just can't do anything without fucking up, this place was made for the castoffs. And the second that you allow people like Cost, people like Aloysius, people like the Camarilla, monsters like the Ivor Tower, you're opening yourself to the idea that your freedom is stripped from you for the sure purpose that someone believes that you can't do what you set out to do. I absolve you. You won't be dying tonight. And I won't be taking any action against you. Consider yourself in my home to be safe. And that goes for all the other barons. Am I in accordance? Uh, And everyone pipes up with some form of agreement. You can speak plainly in my home. And I hope for all of us that you have something to bring us. Thank you. Of course. Of course. I, uh... 
Uh, your words strike me, to be honest with you, because mm. I've been thinking a lot about what I'm doing with my second life, and I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's as productive, and I don't think I'm as happy with the Camarilla. And I think that uh, I need to make a very simple and obvious choice. I'm a country boy who loves Jesus, uh, Ellis. And, uh, Amen. I think I'm an anarch all the way. Are you? Oh, hell, that's quite the declaration you're making there, boy. I like that. Now, I, I want to state that uh, Niles and especially Sybil, this might ne not necessarily go for them, but they're people we can trust. And, well, maybe I can stay in communication with them in some way and be a kind of buffer, uh, maybe a way of alleviating any more steam or, or heat that comes on us from the cam. Of a go-between, in a sense. I'd want to do that for you. He eyes you up and starts to consider this. And in fact, it looks as though there's now some conversation between the heavyset individual and the woman from behind. Yeah. Um, and there's a moment that there is conversation and Ellis excuses himself from all of you for a moment so that he can go back and speak with them. Um, go ahead and make a manipulation plus uh, persuasion here. Uh, Rose. Okay. Or manipulation plus politics, whichever is higher. Four total. Four total successes. Okay. <laughs> he comes back to you. You know. Fremont Street was the first place that offered gambling in this hellhole. And he, he points out past the balconies there, out on Fremont Street, he points out to a, a casino called the Golden Gate. Points that, he says, that used to be a club. That was the first ever gambling hall in this godforsaken land. And eventually, uh, eventually someone decides you're not worth what you've been given in this world. A lot of people see that as a competing ideology. I've always seen it as a complete and total loss of freedom. The rich in this world decide who's free. And us, the outlaws, abide by it for the impossible chance to steal their seat. That's what happens to the first ever gambling hall. They strike out and do something brand new. And then within a few weeks, someone richer is doing the same thing in the same place for more profit. And then an outlaw will strike up two blocks from it, doing the same damn thing, something revolutionary, something beautiful, something brand new. I'm looking for revolutionaries, Burroughs, Sybil, Niles. I want people to take back things. I want them to make it theirs. I want us to make this place exactly what we imagine it. And if what you're offering means some sort of back channel, here's how I see it. And he looks to the other barons, and it's clear that they've had at least some counsel on this. If you could guarantee the truth, the loyalty, and the constant communication between myself, my barons, and your team, we would like to see all of you flourish in this city. But as, um, 
What was that word you use? Go-betweens? As go-betweens. As, um, oh, shit. What's the phrase? Uh, spies. Because there's something on, on the cusp of happening, something that you nearly stepped yourselves into, and that is war. And in this war, we need a steady line of communication and understanding of what the other side is trying to get out of everything. So, if you could put yourselves forward as someone who can play both sides and you think you can do so without drawing the ire and the understanding of the prince, then I would be more than willing to give you home, safety, understanding, culture, family, and hell. Your freedom back. It's all I've really ever wanted. I'll look at Niles and Sybil, kind of gauging to see how involved they are in the conversation, but uh, Burroughs just kind of presses forward and says, um, to give you an indication as to how revolutionary I'm willing to get, I buried my samurai sword in between the eyes of Champagne Pudanesca tonight. Uh, he puts on this giant grin and looks back to the heavyset individual and then the heavyset individual starts to grin and it seems as though about half the room starts to like uproar and laughter Ellis especially as he turned back to you <laughs> you, <laughs> you put a blade in Champagne Budinesca's face I get to live with that title for as long as uh, before he comes to get me. Holy shit, no wonder you came here. You, <laughs> you came seeking asylum. Yeah, yeah, I'll admit to that part of the story too. Yeah, I no, need a little bit of help. I don't know if I should get in business with you. I don't know how much longer you got. Hey, you said you wanted a revolutionary. You want someone to do something crazy for you? You're looking at the man. Fucking daredevil you got on this one. All right. Well, if you go toe-to-toe with Champagne Putinesca on the regular, then maybe it's best if I have you on my side just so you're not on the others. Look, uh, to what you were saying earlier, I'm going to do what I can to uh, get in your good graces and to get that freedom that I want. These two, maybe they're the ones that go closer to the Camarilla than me. I, I... I don't want to be like them, and I feel a kinship with you. I want to be with people that I that I know I'm more like. So I'll communicate with this team, but I can't go to the camp. I don't think I can show my face around there for at least a little while. Well, maybe you could be our voice on the ground here, keep you far from from point of view. But we we need operation. I mean, the Camarilla think they're going to war. I've been at war since the second I took that fucker's head off. I never stopped playing it. So I got room for generals and I got room for spies, but bottom line is I need each each of you. If you can't get quorum amongst your group, and I know it's larger than those in attendance, then I can't take you. And you're not one of mine. Civil Niles, what what do you want to say? All I've ever operated in is the Camarilla. I'm not even confident that I could exist in this space. No offense, uh, just being aware of my own capabilities. But I believe in what both of you have said. If my most helpful position is exactly where I am, then I'm all for it. 
Now, I think that we've had a discussion on where you stand, correct? Yes. Um, and I mean, Sheriff Cisco asked me to help them with whatever it is, so maybe that's a better place for me. Okay. Well, sounds like sounds like maybe the three three of you have an understanding. Well, the four of us can, well, excuse me, all of us, and he gestures to the other barons. We can all work together then, huh? I can see yeah. it working. I'd like now, that. The issue is, you got to come back to me with the others. And others, what? He looks to Hugh. Four others? Three others? And Hugh nods back. I don't need them all. All or nothing, because I can't take one of you and risk the others getting away. Here's the thing, and Sybil, Niles, you can speak up if you want, but we got one of them that's rotten to the core. I don't think they're going to be someone you can trust. But I suppose knowing that you can't trust them is uh, already half the battle. I see. I think it's important to keep positions in every perspective. Burroughs has offered himself as the neutral middle. I've positioned myself as more Camarilla leaning, and this loose cannon that Burroughs is describing is, I think, the far end of the spectrum on the Camarilla. If we need to keep him somewhat ignorant for the success of the plan, then we should. So we would lie to one of you to spare the others. And benefit us all, yes. Well, I got some loose cannons myself. I know how that goes. He takes a step and looks to the rail-thin individual at the uh, balcony. Sometimes you have to accept that someone's worth the trouble they offer, so I'd be remiss if I didn't say that I, I could go along with this. If you can bring the others into quorum, we'll keep that one in the dark for as long as you see it useful. And should anything come to it, I can uh, arrange for things to be handled if we need them to be. Perfect. You are as uh, as gracious as I've, as Niles has mentioned you are. Oh, good. Good, good, good. You haven't heard the other stories then. <laughs> no, they told me the other ones too. Oh, shit. Well, listen, when I get upset with people, I chop their heads off. Short of that, I'm pretty nice. Um, Noted. But we've been talking a lot about what you're going to do for me and what this new world's going to look like after I have you behind enemy lines. Obviously, I am not one to understand. I know the dog needs a carrot. What do you need? I just need uh, to lay low for a little while and I need friends. I need people I know I can trust and when I have information, I can come to you. And I just want to establish a relationship with people that feel, well, that still feel like they're like me, that, the that you know, we're trying to do some good in this town. And the three of us and the rest of the Coterie, we, we know something about this town that is important. And uh, I'm willing to share that with you, but there's a level of trust we need to build that well that 
we're going to make the right decisions with this information. Well, I gotta say, you got me a little, little riled up just thinking about what you might know. I mean, shit, you got something I don't. Obviously, I want to hear it. But, uh, I, I won't be one to, you know, put the cart before the horse. If you think we got to build some trust, I'm all for some trust building exercises. I'd be willing to tell you if it was just you and I. Is that important? And it would make the two heads of the two sides know exactly the same thing. Hmm. Hmm. You mean the prince has got something I don't? He knows something you don't, yes. All right. Fine. We can talk privately if you want. And if you think it's that important that you need to tell the rest of your barons, far be it for me to stop you. Oh, God, and not lord over that I have something they don't? I don't think so. Fuck y'all. And he points out the rest of them. They all laugh. Um, why don't we, uh, why don't you step into my office over here? Sybil, Niles, you good? You want to come along? Uh, it seems important that it's private. Niles, am I making a mistake? No, I trust you. All right. Shit, you all look positively uh, scared to shit. It's been a long night, Ellis. All right. He steps away. He takes you into his office, which is really just uh, like a veranda storage closet that's off the side of this floor. Um, he turns on the overhead lamp. He shuts the door behind him. Uh, he makes it clear that you go in first, unless you make a hubbub about that. Nope. Uh, and he puts his back against the door. He crosses his his arms over that big sheep-lined uh, coat. Yeah, I think I'll give him as much information as paints the picture without getting into too many details. Um, through deduction and dumb luck, we came upon what seems to be something hidden at the bottom of Lake Mead, a door of some kind. Um, you know, all of this being said in Burroughs' flavorful language of, like, describing mm-hmm. things. Um, and, you know, I make it clear that our intentions tonight were to try to get a key, another half of a key, that we believe the Camarilla has... We believe that Kerr has that other half, but we wanted to get it to the Anarch so that both parties could be could have some kind of balance. But right. here we are. I have information at best, you know, and I just kind of share this with them. Give me a wits plus insight roll. Wits, okay, plus insight. Okay, I've got decent insight. Only one success. Burroughs, it's hard to read him. Um, He's very stoic. Uh, He's obviously got the countenance of someone that almost reminds you of like your father and your grandfather. Uh, It's that sort of Southern silence that comes about him. uh, And you can't even truly see through that expression into anything that makes any palpable sense, except you get the feeling 
he didn't know all this. I get that. I can, you know, I can totally sense that. But for Burroughs, it's about evening the scale more so than than, you know, really like getting some kind of favor or something like that. I just right. want to make sure both parties completely understand the stakes. Burroughs, he looks grateful by the end of it. He looks to you and he says, I puts his a hand on your shoulder if you let him. Yeah. I, I think at this point, Burroughs, like, Ellis reminds him of, like, people he's grown up with and stuff like that. He's really, probably, if anything, like, almost, like, kind of jittery a little bit from just, like, how comfortable he wants to be and is feeling mm. in this place. Listen, kid, this is something that goes beyond any of it. Shit, this goes straight to the center of Vegas. You, you found a door, some keys. Yeah, You're telling me that. He brought it over from Chicago, from Rembrandt. Or, excuse me, not Chicago. God, so flustered. Colorado. You brought it straight from Colorado, from Prince Rembrandt? Yes. Yeah. And you fought off Inquisition just to bring it here, and then bottom of Lake Mead, you found a door with some, some kind of creature garden. I mean, shit. All I know is... Inevitably, both sides are going to want to know more, but I just, I wanted to make sure the other side, the side that seems a lot more reasonable to me, your side, at least understood what was down there and understood that I think what we should aim for is a, a way to keep both parties from getting to it. Uh, mutually assured destruction, that kind of thing. Oh, we don't want what's behind this door? Not till we know what it is, at least. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, I mean, it'd be foolish to open something we don't know what's on the fucking other side, right? I mean, <laughs> you don't open a prison the second you get the keys to the fucking thing. Okay, okay, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with the other barons. We're, we're gonna we're gonna gel this all out, but I'm gonna take that information. We're gonna pass it along. I promise they're good people. I don't I don't work with any worms, but there's gonna have to be a conversation. I mean, Dufresne must know something. He was at. The Hikata Mansion, uh, presumably I, the same day you were. I think it might be worth telling you that uh, one of my team, the Coterie, uh, they overheard him having a conversation with the uh, the Baroness, saying that they owed him something. Oh, oh shit! Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's why he was sent. He was trying to get a book. He's looking into. Um, a he's book. Owed. Yeah. What was that book about? What oh, was it, was in it? it was belonging to uh, the senior Rothstein, and it's part of some of Dufresne's research. A lot of Tremere gobbledy fucking cook. It makes no goddamn sense, but he's trying to, as far as I can tell, he's trying to marry two worlds, and those two worlds do not want to get fucking married. But if he can do what he's going to do, it's going to be something that I'm... Um, well, the prince would want it as bad as his fucking keys. Let me just say that. So well, maybe it'd be best to introduce you all. You, you can get the lowdown on what he might know about this Kerr individual, since God knows I got no fucking clue. And maybe you saw his book or something. It's, it would miss him. It will be helpful to learn a little bit more about old Kerr. And uh, you know, I've been known to make a pull of miracle out of my ass once in a while. Maybe I can find this book for you. Hey, I would stop keeping it up there, fucker. Keep miracles uh, on hand. 
Ellis, uh, I'm going to put my hand out and say, I think we both understand that uh, we're in business. Yeah, I think we are. I, I just got one question before we go out there. I mean, I don't mean to get grim or anything, but this is of utmost importance. You got it? I understand, yeah. Are you Elvis? I mean, honestly, you could just tell me. I mean, there's plenty of impersonators in town, but God, you just got the look of him. I spent so many fucking years just disregarding all music. God, I heard him. Oh, God. Oh. I assume you heard the rumors about me around town. I heard a few things. I mean, the Camarilla like to say this, they like to say that, they like to say they got everybody on ice, but you know, you never truly know until somebody, somebody says it. Now you, you don't have to tell me if you don't want to, but God, if you let's, were. Let's just say that the next time I see that Prince, I'm going to say, Hey Prince, you might be the Prince. But I'm always going to be the fucking king. Oh, shit. Yeah. He slams you by the shoulder. He brings you in big for a big old hug. I knew it was you. God damn it. I knew it was true. Now, listen, the Camarilla, they let me out of my fucking prison. To, I had to keep that quiet. So just keep it quiet, please. Of course. Are you kidding I'm me? I'm starting this... a whole new life. You know, that's the whole reason I'm coming to you guys. Hell yeah. Third chance. This is your time. John, this is this is gonna be good for you. I'm gonna do right by you. I promise. I, I think I feel that this is maybe the start of a beautiful friendship. I think it is. God, we gotta get you singing at the Belvedere. Let's. I got some. I got some plans. Don't you worry about that. All right. He opens the door and escorts you back into the, the private veranda with everyone. And he claps Burroughs on the back. He looks at everyone. I think this might be the start of a beautiful arrangement between myself and... Uh, well, what do you call yourselves? Me. <laughs> Take Me. your time. We call ourselves the yeah. name that we are going to say. New is, generation seems to be the most sensible thing, but I think that's the clearest way to say it. Is in fact <laughs> the new generation because if we say it a different way, it might confuse people. Oh, okay, all right. Star Trek. New generation, yeah, that's great. Yes. It's real snappy. Yeah. Uh, and you can see that the woman in white is laughing behind all of me. It's real good. Okay. Thank you. Um, is there anything that we would like to accomplish here, or can I cut away to one of our other parties here? Go for it. Yeah, okay. we can get away. Yeah. Mal, uh, in the base of your church here, you have arrived back. Uh, is there anything you'd like to accomplish here? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna take my my stolen skin book. Um upstairs to my room um and what kind of this is a weird question what kind of wall is it is it cinder block is it like wood paneling is it just drywall 
I think that this would be largely stone cinder block, uh, um, unless you're in your room, which would probably be like rimmed out with plaster and the things of that nature. Okay, uh, if I'm in my room, I would like to lift up the tapestry of St. Catherine. Okay. Uh, and start with uh, with three foot's knife, cutting a hole in the wall. Okay. Beautiful. You cut that hole in the wall. It's pretty easy to break through the plaster. There's now this gaping hole there. Um, and I'm just going to set the book on like one of the the oh what what are they called the studs in the wall. Got it. Okay. And then just cover it back up with the tapestry. Okay. Uh, it is covered back behind. You put the tapestry down. It's like it was never there. You pull a full-on Shawshank Redemption. Um, and then... Oh, I can't. God damn it. What's the plan? Is it your cell phone? <sighs> yeah, I am going to pull out my cell phone. Okay. Again, as the La Sombra blood continues to uh, pump very slowly, the Vitae making its way through your body, unfortunately, the curse of your being is that to be a shade on this planet, unseen, unknown. And as far as you understand it, never to use technology again. As you look at this phone and so many of those dead pixels appear on the front. It is shining and flashing almost in strobe light form. And every so often it chirps out these dead parroted uh, pixelated noises. Mal holds it in front of their face and replays all the words that Niles told them without any of these specifics uh, and tries to imagine how Julian would have said everything that they said. Trying to replay it over and over again in your head, trying to remember the words exactly as Niles relayed them to you. It's difficult. Sometimes you feel like you got it wrong, like it it isn't his voice. It's not what he would have said. It's not what he would have called you. What would he have said? Uh, and sometimes the chirps from the phone hit this register that you think it's like he's crawling through it, like he's screaming through the other side trying to get to you. And you think that if you can just concentrate harder, you could find his voice. How would he say it? What would he say? What would it sound like even through the voicemail, even through that tinged out noise? What did he sound like? Mouse sits in it longer and longer and longer. And then when it just feels like it's going to be the only thought they ever have anymore, they're going to drop the phone on the bed and go downstairs to what I, we, there's like a shitty, there's an old, old organ there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Mal's going to go down to the organ and out of their pocket, they pull a old, an old film canister and they pop the top of it and pull out a small multiple multi-folded piece of paper and they set it up in the, uh, on the, 
music stand of the organ and very haltingly and having to check their hand staff plunk through the melody that is the closest to Julian's voice they'll ever hear again. And they just play it over and over and over until it starts to smooth out. And it's nowhere near as pretty as when he wrote it or when he played it or when he sang it or when he did anything with it. But it's close enough for now. Mal, you think that you've come just the closest you can to the cusp of his voice as close as music could be made from that man. And you drift back to the memories, the thoughts, the knowledge that he's out there still somewhere, making new music and speaking somewhere in another life where he can be heard. And it's as this sadness, this deep emptiness, the void from which your curse sits, as that begins to wash over you, there's a knock at the door. But it's not below. It's at the front door. Excuse me? Is anyone in here? I'll fold up my piece of music, put it back in the film canister, put it in my pocket. Um, can I, are any of the windows near, near enough the door that I can peek through? Do churches have peepholes? Mm, I don't think churches have peepholes. They do have I windows. I wouldn't know. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. I don't, Jesus doesn't look at you that way. Um, cool. A wits plus awareness. Let's see if you can find a window. Cool. That also functions as a peephole. Three successes. Mal, um, you look out the shaded, dusted, half-broken, half-covered window that is closest to the double doors, and you see that through the, wrapping at the wooden surface of those massive two doors uh, is a male individual, probably in his early 30s, um, that as the small amount of light cascaded from the outside street park uh, street level parking um, light cascades over, you recognize. Um, you know him um, as Adam Sawyer. Uh, this is a man that you worked with uh, outside of Chicago uh, at a DVD rental spot that also referenced as like an electronic thrift store. Your original job, he was a coworker of yours. In fact, he was assistant manager just before you went away. Um, he was a nice enough guy, kind of a prick when it came to being type A, very manager, managerial type, uh, and took things a lot more seriously than anyone else did. Um, he is scrawnier in form. Um, he looks a lot more emaciated than you remember him to be. Um, but this is absolutely Adam who you shared how many shifts with, who knows? Excuse me, I thought I heard someone's footsteps in here. Is someone in here? 
I'm looking for someone. I'm gonna activate Shadow Cloak and still in the shadows, just turn the doorknob enough that the latch undoes and it swings open on its own. He looks, you know, flabbergasted. Are you intending to scare him in any way or are you trying to eat him in? I'm trying to entreat him to come in, but not be seen. Okay. Yeah, he looks shocked for a moment and he stares in and he tries to make uh, a, a sight line for whoever opened the door, but he considers it to be an invitation and further opens it and steps in. He's dressed like he's coming to Vegas, like a tourist uh, outfit. He's in this two-piece suit that is all black and his dress shirt is black as well. Um, probably bought it from like Burlington Coat Factory. It's not a very expensive suit. Um, And he's got these cheap little loafers on. Um, And he looks confused, but he steps in and gets a little shocked as the door shuts behind him. Excuse me? Someone's here, right? You opened the door for me? Still Um, from the shadows. What do you want, Adam Sawyer? It is you, isn't it? Is it you? Listen, I I was sent here. I was sent here looking for you. Some people are really interested in seeing you again. Would you come out? Would you talk to me? Who sent you? Still in the shadows. Julian. And the little girl he he hangs around? He said you might be here. He just... He thinks you might be alive and... Well, I'm talking to you, so... (laughs) Maybe? So maybe you should just... You you should come out and we could go back... uh, Just (laughs) back towards Chicago and... And we could stop in and... Who else knows you're here? Just Julian. He's, he's the only one. He paid me to come out here. He said it was really important. He just misses you. He says he doesn't even care about what's happened. He just wants to see you again. He gets it, I think. I don't know what he gets, but he gets it. He really wanted to see you. I, oh, I hate you. I am going to... Is there... Okay, I know this is something I should know by now. Um, Is there a way to, like, sense kindred? Like, we could sense other ghosts? Yes, there are, but there are disciplines in order to do it. So you could have, like, sense the beast, or I know Aaron has something that can do it with aspects. I don't know if you have anything that does it. No. Although this, I think this is the third time you've asked if you can, so maybe consider. I probably should. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit. You could also just take a plain perception check and see if you can discern anything. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, give me a wits plus insight. Plus insight? Mm-hmm. Let's 
Three successes. Three successes. It's hard to tell. Really impossible to tell whether someone is living or dead, uh, knowing what you know. I mean, blush of a life is still a thing, but he looks pretty alive to you. It looks pretty harmless. I will... Oh, that's a bad idea. I'm going to say moderately hidden in the shadows, um, but let them peel back just enough to show my face in a less than inviting light. Okay. Are you trying to intimidate with this vision? Yes. Okay, give me an intimidation plus manipulation. Okay. Three successes again. Okay. Uh, he looks well and truly afraid. And he takes just a step in, but then stands there suffering tremors, almost shaking in his step. He speaks. Listen. He just misses you. That's all this is. I could take you to him. They're staying in a hotel here in the city. We could go see them tonight. That catches Mal off guard. They had a whole plan of what they were going to say to scare this person off, and it is instantly sucked away. Where? It's the Aria. It's the casino on the Strip. I could take you to them. No. What room? I I have the key card. Do you want it? Yeah. They reach into their hand and uh, their hands into their pocket and take out this wallet, this trifold. They make sure to do it extremely slowly because they're still a little weary of you. Um, and in the panic of it all, they start dropping things out of their wallets and cash falls forward. And then they grab this key card and they toss it out in front of you. And it's indeed for the Aria Casino. Do I believe them? Give me an insight plus wits. I so don't trust fucking anything. Two successes. You believe that's a room for the Aria Casino, and they've been pretty forthright with all their information. It tracks with someone trying to get you home. They haven't made any moves on you. How long are they here? I think their plan is just to be here for the weekend, but I let them know that I thought I'd found a lead on you, and uh, I sent ahead, so they came in. They flew in this morning. 
How did you know? I found you here, sleeping. What? I found you here sleeping. When? How? A week back, maybe? You were just asleep in here. In, in the pastor's room, the priest's room? I don't know what they call them when they're Catholic. Who told you to look here? Why would you look here? I of just, all places. I had a, I had a hunch. I, I can't tell you, but there were some... I think you can tell me. Look, the point is, I found you. Tell me how. If you want to see them, your time is running out. Why? I don't know how long they're going to stay. And with you talking to me like that, I don't know. You don't know what? Listen, are you going to take it or what? I'll take the key card. What? Why do they come to you? You were some assistant manager at a shitty little rental store. Why the fuck did they go to you? What do you mean? We were close. We were work close. Listen, just because I asked you out that one time doesn't doesn't mean that this is... What even is that supposed to mean, okay? I was was literally 18, you were 29. He was looking for help, and I offered. Why? Give me an insight plus manipulation. What is going on with this normie? I know. I'm very bothered by him. Sus my guff. <laughs> I'm gonna spend a willpower to okay. roll. Four successes. You're right, Mal. You were 18, and he was 29. Why isn't his age adding up then? He should be older than he is now. Uh, On an experiment, I'm going to send out one of my little tendrils of Shadowcast and use Touch of Oblivion to try and wreck his leg. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Make an attack. So, Brawl, Oblivion? Yeah. Okay. I think. <laughs> I passed my Rouse check also. Okay. Three successes. Okay. You uh, completely destroy his shin as the tendril moves out and connects it directly to the right, and you watch it pulverize and fall over. He screams out, looks at you, and calls, you fucking bitch. All you had to do was go to the fucking room. Um, 
And in that moment, um, he steps immediately into one of the shadows in the room and disappears completely. Oh, fucker. Um, shadow melding. Uh, I need you to make an athletics plus uh, dexterity. Fucking this, is that, this is that person that doesn't like you, isn't it? It's probably my fucking brother. Oh, oh fuck. One success. Okay, you take uh, three superficial damage as you can feel these claws rend into your shoulder as he reappears um. behind you and digs in so deep that the, the fingers start to press a few inches into your chest. Your action. Um, I am going to... I'm going... He, is he still in shadow, or do I know where he is no, now? No, he's back. He's come okay. out of the shadow in order to attack you. Um. Then I am going to. Oh fuck me. Uh. I'm gonna do the. I'm gonna do touch of oblivion again. Okay. And try and take out his other leg. Got it. Uh. Four successes. Got it. Uh, you absolutely hamper him again, and both legs fall to uh, uh, his knees, um, and he looks absolutely debilitated by this exchange, but it does not stop him. Um, he is deathly hurt, but he reaches into the belt loop underneath his suit jacket and pulls free a knife. Ah, oh, fucker. And this very large knife, like a Bowie knife, he goes to uh, stab you in the chest, hoping <sighs> to send you into torpor. Uh, go ahead and give me in dexterity plus athletics to avoid this. Okay. What is it to rouse the blood again? Oh, to blood surge. It's blood just surge. a rouse okay. check. Okay. And then you can add uh, dies equal to your potency, which would be an extra die. Uh, I succeed okay. on my rouse check. So not hungry, and you get that extra die. Sick. Okay. I'm using another willpower. I have two left. Okay. One, two. Roll. Four successes. Okay, um, you deftly jump out of the way, and as he's swiping at you, he exclaims, It's too late, Mal. He's already here. It's just a matter of time. Go to him. He needs you. And he uh, cascades out of the way, kind of rolls through after the knife uh, does not connect. It's your turn in the final round. Uh, do I have, do I still have my knife from no. You've got three foot's knife. Uh, I'm going tit for tat, literally. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, that was stupid. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and send him into torpor. Okay. All right, you're going straight first. I was gonna first. say a cool thing, but then I realized I said something dumb first. So. Go ahead and make a uh, strength plus melee, and I want you to remove one dice because you're making a cold shot against the heart. Right. 
Okay. So, oh, just my hunger dice. That's fun. God bless. Two successes. Two successes is enough after this huge fall he's had. The knife connects in, touches to his heart, and immediately he turns to dust, dying immediately before your eyes. He cascades, melts, withers, falls, sucks back into itself, and then he's dust on the floor. Motherfucker. Um... Okay. Knowing that my place is basically uh, compromised now. No, that's a dumb idea. I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to run back upstairs, get the book out of the wall. Um... Get everything that has anything to do with me. And then weirdly take the St. Catherine Tapestry. Okay. And I'm going to Club Canaan because that's the only safe place I can think of. Because I can't contact anyone else. Got it. And everyone else will show up there eventually, maybe. Beautiful. Uh, We've got a few more minutes here before we have to close out for the day. I just want to get to the couple see what our couple is up to. Uh, I believe you two were heading underground, correct? Uh, correct. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I realized that uh, I was, uh, I got the motorcycle with Enoch, who is a little messed up, and Rufus. So mm-hmm. I would just like to imagine all three of us somehow, <laughs> like I would have Rufus here, Enoch's one arm, like just trying to get to there's no sidecar, side is there? No, there's no sidecar. No side <laughs> you think Niles would drive a sidecar? Come on. Um, okay. Oh, this sorry, is sorry. A- We're just getting to a sideway so I can like park the bike like uh-huh. someplace to keep it safe, but a place where we can go underground, like one of those manholes in um, in our area. Okay. Or near. Um, on your way, Enoch, I'd like you to make uh, uh, a wits plus whatever you have in aspects. No, oh, n- not not a lot. <laughs> sure, that's like a pool of twenty for you. <laughs> wits plus aspects. Let's see. Uh, seven dice. Beautiful. How hungry are you? Quite. Oh shit. Uh, Four successes. Nothing special. Uh, Enoch, um, as is so often the case for you, the cobweb speaks incredibly heavy in your mind. The connection port that sends you off through Ethernet to every other Malkavian in the world through that shared psychosis begins to link up in your mind and bring a frightening connection. As you are visited first in your nose with the smell of baked goods uh, on this motorcycle, you smell 
beautifully, beautifully made baked goods. Uh, the smell of fresh maple donuts, of those old caked ones, mm-hmm. of uh, donut balls that have freshly been made and scooped into uh, uh, brown paper bags and dusted with powdered sugar. You smell uh, uh, turnovers, apple turnovers, and and uh, uh, freshly baked cookies and eclairs and all of this fried dough. You can smell the fryers itself, um, and you're visited by these these visions of this very happy uh, dancing donut with a chef's hat on top of his head. Um, and those smells begin to lift again, so much so that as you're sniffing, Rufus is staring back at you as if he's missing something that you're seeing. Um, and intermixed past all of that is this smell of of blood. Yum. Fresh. But not too fresh. And you feel like you're picking up a scent. Are you... Are you trying to tell me that I want to go to the police station right now? I'm not. <laughs> but there is a track in your nose currently. You do not have to follow it. Of course, we oh. can continue underground. Here's but, what um, I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to start barking like a dog. Beautiful. Of course. I would expect nothing less. And on all fours, Allison can easily stop me if she wishes to, but on all fours, I'm going to start running in the direction of this so-called scent. I see. Allison, Lassie has picked up a scent and taken to the street. Uh, Uh, And Rufus is in tow, (laughs) riding about on four legs as much as Enoch is. And they seem to be moving down the street. Oh, they're both on four legs? Going down the street. <laughs> Does Rufus have three or four? I can't remember. Rufus has decided to walk on two. I don't remember. I don't remember Rufus being a three-legged dog. But uh, I, yeah, I don't. I think that was just spoons, and I'm forgetting. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm gonna have to do, I guess, a Mario Kart drift, and then try to like kind of catch up. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna cat try to catch up. I'm sure I can catch up pretty quick, but he's also fast, so. Yeah. Uh, you follow and yeah. Enoch's nose, not Rufus's, brings you to uh, an old bakery on the corner of this spot, not far from Naked City, probably like two blocks down from where you are, in, mm-hmm. into the worst part of town, uh, definitely. But the exterior is that of a normal donut shop. There is this big cartoon, just like from your vision, Enoch, this cartoon donut with the chef's hat, who's waving and dancing. And above that, um, it reads Mr. Doman Donuts. Um, and uh, it seems that this place is uh, well-founded. It's closed for the night. It looks pretty much nearly condemned. The windows are boarded over. Okay. Uh, you can see through some of the glass itself. There's a set of dumpsters out towards the back in an alleyway that runs up to an apartment building. How, um, in this how big sort of, of an, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you're fine. Oh, I was just going to say, how big of an opening in the glass? You said it's boarded up, but it sounds like I could see in a little bit. Yeah, you could see in. It's probably like um, like a right angle of about two feet. Okay. If I can see in, I can probably jump in. 
Beautiful. So I'm going to try to just go right through the glass. Yeah, there is a cascading shower of broken glass as Allison, you watch your dog beloved four footed uh, <laughs> leap like a greyhound show dog through the two feet space. It does not completely fill, uh, fit him the way he wanted to the first time. And you can see his shoulder sort of dislocate for a second and snap back into place. Ah, my stump. <laughs> but he does make it through onto the other side. Are you Definitely pursuing as well? well? Yeah, and it, it's going to be kind of like more like cavalier because I can see it's kind of off, and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Rufus does stop like, halfway. He does have a nice pass, though, and then just kind of follow through. <laughs> I shake it as I wriggle through the glass. Yeah. As you're scoping out your beloved's ass, uh, Rufus looks back to you like, are we doing this too before? I, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to be talking. I'm like, your guess is good as mine. I'm willing to see where this goes. Rufus trots up to the window and leaps in as well. Um, and I, I assume you follow as well, Allison? Yes, but I'm graceful. I'm not a dog, so I'm just going to go ahead and just slink Gliding. my way in. Yes. Beautiful. The windows have fogged and shaded over. Some of the brick facing outside has started to crumble as if some sort of scuffle or drunken crash had taken off a corner of the foundation. The door's locked over, and for the most part, the dereliction does not look like it had any permanent effects on the small brick property. The weeds and overgrowth still find themselves fitting in the cracks of the mortar, and the sign hanging overhead, sticking out horizontally from its post, has been taken over by some graffiti over the lettering. But the property still stands. Do you have a Come question? On boy. Come on, boy. What you got? What you got? <laughs> That's Rufus thinking you're talking to him. <laughs> well, actually, to take him to a vet. Yeah. Uh, inside gives complete meaning to this new smell. It wasn't the cloyingly sweet smell of rotten baked goods. Instead, it was the disturbed cycle of life coming to an end on its rotation. Enoch, you immediately are flooded with visions again of being someone else, of being in the first person of a taller, bigger man with uh, a trench coat and open uh, 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 front, his bare chest exposed and all of these pockmarked holes extending across your body. And you are lugging something strong, something powerful, something broken in through uh, the cascaded door that a dumpster has been pushed aside to do and dropping it into the center of this room. You've had this vision before. The last time was when you were chasing through after Allison that night. You saw something else, you lived something else, and for whatever reason, the cobweb has brought you back to it. Because right here, the first thing you notice, Enoch, are the ropes. Powerful knots put together in careful, careful connections that position themselves off of the support joists on the building floor, tied to the back of the bakery bar. The windowsill, a post in the corner, all crisscrossing like cobwebs across all of these points in this field of view. And there, in the center of all of those ropes, like some angel descending, is an overweight individual of male uh, uh, indication. There are at least six visible, large sailing hooks 
pressed into the flesh hard enough to form loops to latch the knots to. They have pulled the flesh far enough that it pulls taut at an angle across the pulleys. There is one particular hook pressed into his jaw, pulling him forward by the sheer force of the taut rope. His coat has been cut and sheared and draped over his flayed and pierced arms, which are pulled into a T position, in which the leather hanging like this replicates almost a bird in flight. The blood has dried underneath in what used to be a large puddle over the tiling and written in what you can only assume is blood. At the base of the scene is the number 13. Do I'm going to take a photo of this, just FYI. I'm just taking out the phone. I'm just going to be like, click. Does this look anything at all like the Nosferatu nonsense that we saw going on? Go ahead and give back. Uh, Nosferatu's uh, nonsense is in the people who are melting from the inside. Yes. Yes. Go ahead and make an insight plus wits. Can I roll for that too? Yes, you may. Uh, Okay, inside plus. That's just three for me. Four. Three successes. You believe that this does... Oh, I'll wait for Allison, actually. Maybe Allison gets us more information. Three successes. Three? Okay. You both believe that this does not have anything to do with the previous Nosferatu murders, simply because the Nosferatu murders had two clear indications. The Nosferatu murders targeted Nosferatu directly. This man looks to be either of human or other kindred descent, and it left nothing but a puddle of remains, just acid in the other scenes. This one seems to be completely on display and has an added clue at the bottom that 13 draped over. The Nosferatu murders did not seek to give you information. They seek to take away. Can I examine the intricacies of how this body is like that and the 13? This it's, it's very complex and it's like, it's interesting. Absolutely. Go ahead and roll uh, your surgery roll plus uh, wits. While Allison is doing that, yeah, I would also like now. Qu- okay, query: Does mm-hmm. a corpse count as an inanimate object? I'd say so. Okay, then I would like to do a spirit's touch on it. By okay. touching an inanimate object or the ground at a location, the vampire can sense the emotional residue left by those who have handled that object or visited the location in the past, gaining insight into that person, uh, but also what was done and under what circumstances. Got it. Got it. Okay. Let's go with Allison's first. Okay. So I did have two successes. Okay. But I had a bestial failure. Got it. Okay, two successes, bestial failure. You see that this is a piece of art, Allison. It's not unlike your sculptures. Mm -hmm. This was made not to kill, not to uh, consume, not to be some sloppy murder. This was set out as an art piece. This was set out as a message. There is something to be learned from the artist here. And 
There's something to be admired in their work. They're clearly a visionary. They're trying to say things. They're calling attention to the angels. 13 can be considered uh, both an unlucky and extremely lucky number, both a holy and unholy number. There are many things here that you could dissect. You're working with someone who knows what they're doing, Allison. Oh, oh that's, uh, she's gonna get very tingly and just like, oh. Um, I'm gonna get closer to the 13 and around mm -hmm. everything else. Is there anything that definitely sticks out, like a signature, uh, like an artist would put down besides? Go ahead and make me a wits plus awareness, and then we'll get to Enoch's uh, spirit touch. Okay. Uh, do, 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 do. God damn it. Three successes and another bestial failure. Three successes, bestial failure. Okay. Um, you find that uh, upon looking into this, and uh, in investigating the corpse, trying to find something worth finding, you find two things. On his ankle, carved in with what must be some sort of carving knife, who knows, enough to remove flesh is the word gen, G-E-N, for one. Okay. Um, I'm so sorry. It's two, not one. Gen for two. I read my notes wrong. Gen for two. Okay. Uh, is that in addition, that's, that's just on one ankle, the right okay. ankle. In addition, you find this individual's cell phone. It is unlocked. It looks like it's probably on its last few percentage of battery. Mm -hmm. And it is opened uh, to the Uber app, where upon looking at the, uh, the Uber app itself, it's clear that this man was the driver Okay. And that, for whatever reason, the ride he was on has never been canceled. Still up. Oh, I'm looking at that sucker. Uh, it looks to be... Uh, it's, it's hard to tell who this individual was for. The picture itself is a poorly done portrait of a middle-aged man. Mm -hmm. um, but the name reads John Doe. <laughs> John Doe. Nah, that's not cool. Okay. Um, that phone is about to die. I'm gonna, is is it a way I can put it on airplane mode? Yeah. Because I don't want it to be tracked. But I think there's gonna be some more interesting things on there. You put it on airplane, and the last thing that this man ever did uh, is ended. That ride dies on the vine, but at least you'll save the battery a little longer. And I'm assuming you pocket that phone? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, Aaron, what did we get for that? Uh, so I passed my Raz check Good. and I roll five successes. Okay. <laughs> Caleb just took a deep breath. Oh no. That is a lot of successes. You're about to get some plot points right now. It was eight dice. So, you know. <laughs> you um, 
feels so cold immediately, as if every inch of your body has been deep freezed. Um, you feel tired, more tired than you have ever been in your entire life, and even more so, there is this new feeling gnawing at the back of your skull, like bugs trying to escape their prison. Uh, there is a buzzing in the back of you. In fact, all of you suddenly feels alive, as though there are more things than just yourself weaving their way through your organs, through your being, through everything that you are. Uh, you feel disfigured, you feel ugly, you feel lost. Your body is not your own, but even more so, the body that you've gained is even worse. It hurts, Enoch, to live like this, to feel as disgusting as this feels. You feel wrong in your own skin, like everything is an inch off of where it's supposed to be. But even more so, there's someone to your right as you begin your work. As the ropes are strung, as the ropes are moved, as the body is brought up, as his incessant chattering, as his talking over and over and over again, you local, you got to be safe out here in Vegas. You got to watch yourself out here in Vegas. Not safe to drive alone. And it soon comes to an end as you finally stop him from talking. You rig him up on those ropes as the other watches you do your work. You move to him. You walk to him, you speak to him, you hope that what you've done with the driver, what you've done to the driver's body has been enough to prove yourself worthy of the next steps. You only wish to go to the mansion. You only wish to see this through. You only wish to have his approval. You turn and for a split second, Enoch, you are watching someone you've never seen before, tall, dressed in this immaculate cobalt blue overcoat that extends out almost like a robed flooring that drapes across the dusted concrete of this bakery on the floor. Beautiful, beautiful pieced suit underneath that has been well curated, well taken care of. His face is calculated, cold, but there is a unmistakable charm that comes through what he is. Silvered uh, with just the slightest amount of pepper to it hair and a growing five o'clock shadow that threatens at a beard at any moment. He reminds you almost of uh, Ben Mendelsohn, the actor. Um, he is deliberately cold um, and there is a conversation, this muffled sort of speak between the two of you, and you feel this wave of approval from him as you realize that you have been given the right to continue. You no longer have to think, you no longer have to listen to this insufferable fool you have managed to string to the ceiling. Instead, you can move forward. And in that instant, you watch as that man sucks into the shadow and disappears completely. And you come back to Enoch. And I believe that is where we are going to leave our session for today. Jesus. Fuck. We'll have the rest to decide for our finale. What was that? Well, there's, wow. only one mansion. there's only one mansion in our recent history, so... True. Oh, no. I don't know. Smells oh, like no. some... Uh... uh some uh fuck um, Hakata. Hakata shit yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
That was good oh, shit. Damn. Above the rest of the apartment. Only one left. Now you guys gotta decide what's next. Uh, one oh. episode left. How, 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 can we de- how can we decide what's next? To wrap all of this no. up, impossible. No. We make the last episode the kickoff of season two. Problem solved. What if we just never stopped? Huh? <laughs> Brain would melt. <laughs> I think everyone would log off. They're like, "No, we're done." Yeah, <laughs> you have this much chaos all the time. <laughs> and the purr, just a little. I'm just getting oh, used to it. Chaos. By the way, Jeez. I counted four bestial failures this uh, session. Okay, that's bad. That's not bad at all. Please go. Hey, please so. eat. Please have some food. Eat, eat, a, eat a man. Please, yeah. just one man. man. Well, yeah. I can eat somebody who's dangling right now, so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. It's not like fresh, though. Did anybody spot who the poor murder victim is? That is, it, is it my boy? Is, is, your it, boy. is it boy? Is it, is it my, my Uber driver? Who is driver? it? It's your Uber, Uber driver. Uber driver. Wait. Oh, my this guy. He wouldn't Wait. shut up. He wouldn't mm. shut up? Yep. Can't stop talking. Ha- 13. That's what happens when you talk. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. All right. It just Oregon gets stitches. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There we go, guys. There we go. Sweet. Thanks for hanging with us, friends. Even yeah, thank you. thank you everyone who's stopped by, who's stuck with us. We're, We're so glad to have you. If this was your first time with us, we hope you get a chance to come back and watch the rest of uh, BTM uh, Vegas by Night before the last one comes out. So, last Thanks. one will be the end of Arc 1, but not the end of the show by any means. I already got Arc 2 written, so it's just a matter of when we're pushing that out there. We're going to take a little break to get some real brand new content out there and then this will be back before we even know it thanks for everyone that got up early or stayed up late to watch us tonight thanks for real yeah, means the world so much. oh and the chat the comments in the chats were hilarious I, was yeah. Them just yeah. I still refuse to give you guys harpoons I'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> we'll make our own harpoons damn it <laughs> They're making oh, new disciplines every he's, day. He's just afraid of what we what we're capable of when we have harpoons. Yeah. We secure our poons, we secure the city. First of all, the fact that you won't give us harpoons, but you gave me Molotov cocktails, it says a lot. There's something else in that mansion I'd love for you to go find. Um, oh. Anyway, we'll deal with this the next time we see each other on the last episode of Vegas by Night. Thank you guys for sticking around. Have a good night, Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody. Thanks.